All right, beautiful humans. Welcome back to another episode of Naked Sunday. I'm your host, Caleb Nelson, and I have the ever-inspiring, the love-inducing, the smile-invoking <laughs> Paul Hill on the show today. Welcome to the show, my friend. <laughs> Thank you so much for the invitation from across the pond, Caleb. Brother, I am so grateful to have you here today. We're talking about being like leaders from the front about you know, showing people real love and appreciation and gratitude. And um, to that effect, I start off all my episodes and my shows with why I appreciate my guests simply because I think we need more of this in the universe. And what we've had, what one conversation two maybe like maybe through like a little yeah. chat in the LinkedIn or something like that. Yeah, sure. And I got to tell you, my friend, your energy all the way from across the pond, as you said, we have an ocean between us and your positivity and your kindness and your, your genuine, beautiful authenticity, my friend, it just shines through. And I, like I left our first conversation to be like, wow, this is just fantastic. Like the world feels a little smaller in a best possible way after that conversation. Like I felt connected and um, I'm just super grateful to have you here today, man. Mate, those comments would have made a glass eye cry. <laughs> 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 that might be the quote of the the day the can make a glass i cry i've never heard that but that was so good it's okay oh God. it's really weird because you know it's, it's when you're the type of people like i know you are as am i where you praise people for what they do um, for the the light they bring into your life when someone's doing it for you it's really quite weird it's humbling and it's almost like as you're saying it, I'm looking behind me thinking if someone else walked in the room <laughs> <laughs> who's this guy <laughs> well you bring up something really interesting there that I've I have found a lot of caregivers struggle in receiving compliments it's like this really yeah, ironic absolutely. twist to all of it and I have a friend, he hit me square in the middle of the eyes once with like some truth about that. When he said, he's like, how do you put this? Uh, he's like, how do you feel when you, you help others? And I'm like, I feel awesome, man. And he's like, don't you think there's other people who feel the same way? And like, it just stoned me like right there. And I was like, oh, even something like receiving a compliment is like some ways, somebody's way of helping you or giving you a gift. And yeah. like for me, that changed it of like, wow, by learning how to receive properly also allows others to feel good. So uh, I don't know why I felt like sharing that, but it, it felt like a well, pretty, I, pretty moment. I, I had a pretty much the same wake up call about six months ago. Really? I've always been in. Yeah, yeah. I've always been in, um, investing in myself by uh, your podcasts and more recently podcasts and TED Talks, but reading. And um, I was reading The Secret. I think we might have spoken about The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, T. Harvecker. And um, with my children, I've got four lovely children. They would want to buy me birthday presents or Christmas presents. And I would say, no, I'd rather you spent the money on yourselves. It'd give me much more joy knowing that you had bought yourself something because it's great that way. And then in this book, and this was like within, the last, no, within the last six weeks, it made me reflect on the fact that when I give, it gives me joy whether I give a gift or of my time pro bono work it gives me joy 
And if I'm going to give a gift, I've, I've already imagined what the look on that person's face is going to be when I give them this gift. And it's, it's, it's making me smile just thinking about it. And I haven't got anybody to give a gift to at the moment. Um, and then the book said, how very dare you? How dare you take away that joy from your children? It didn't actually point that out, but it was, and it was like somebody had poleaxed me all these years. I mean, my eldest son's 30. All these years that they wanted to, sh to have the same joy that I get from giving, I've been denying them with love. But what, what, how was that possible? It was, oh my God, I felt that I had to need to apologize to them. So I'm so mm. sorry. So from now on, it's just buy me everything. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta roll up with a Lambo in your driveway yeah. one day. No, wouldn't that be good, mate? Absolutely. A gullwing. That'll do. Here you go, not, Dad. Love you. Not a bad day. Not a bad day. How ironic it is. And you know, it's certainly without it's not it's with positive intent in mind. Obviously, you like yeah. from what you had shared a little bit of that story before. You wanted to do, like just not inconvenience other people like hey just absolutely take care of you and it's and it's that that precious thing of understanding love languages i think that that's really um i think that's a it's like it opens a world that you just don't even realize when you can like yeah. give and receive in the way that lands perfectly and i, yeah. I love that so what a cool story for you like and I think everybody's going to have to have their own contextually based, like, oh, that was my wake up call to how I could shift things different. And I just think that was so cool. And this is, here's the other thought around that. I was having this, I don't know. I, I kind of just have one-off talks by myself, my running monologues while I'm driving. Thank God. Like mm -hmm. there's like speakerphone, whatever now, like, so people can think that I'm maybe talking to somebody on the phone, but it's not, it's just me talking to myself uh, while they're driving by next to me. But I was having this thought about, you know, even if it's like in a marriage or something like that, it's like, great, you could be doing task A really, 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 really well, like going hard at it, putting a lot of time and energy. But if task B is what needs to be done to actually solve the problem, you got to do more of that. Like, it doesn't matter how much your intent was in one spot. Like it still doesn't solve the whole problem i think right. that awareness and that like cluing in it's i heard somebody once say uh i think it was alex hermosi or something like that it's like small hinges open big doors it's like yep. whoa just a slight perspective shift on maybe just receiving could change your world just could completely yeah. change your world so but well, i got did mine it did yeah it's beautiful you've already opened up and shared a little bit about this but like let's get into it man like paul who yes who are you? Paul Hill, the man, the legend. Um, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. A legend in his own lunchtime. Um, <laughs> so I, um, I, guess, I guess I'm just a, a normal guy that just has always... It's my mum's fault. It's my mum. She was ever the giver. And she transferred that gene or way of living onto me. So from the earliest age, I always remember what being able to help people with problems. They would confide in me. Um, I don't know why, but they would. And I would endeavor to help people out with whatever situation it is. Mm. Um, and now it's, now, it's, now it's become very popular because now there's lots of things about being kind and sharing kindness with the other world. Well, that, that was just my way of life. My mum was that person. She would do anything to help anybody. And I aspired to be like her. 
sadly she died four months before my 21st birthday so that's like 37 38 years ago but I still remember that when we had her funeral service there were requests from so many people saying can you have a memorial service and our local church we, we packed it out and she was just a stay-at-home mum you know she wasn't take this with the respect that it's she wasn't anything special and I do inverted commas with my fingers but she was my special mum and then these people turned up that we had no clue who they were with stories about what she'd done to help them or the thing that she'd done or just the kind word when they were feeling down mm. um, and that really had a, a huge effect on me um, so I became a mortgage did all sorts of things but life has a habit of chucking curveballs so a couple of divorces and children and all this sort of thing. Um, and I needed a lot of help myself with my mental fitness. And one of those things was looking at various things like hypnotherapy, CBT, EFT, all sorts of therapies. Um, and it got to a stage where I'd have, I'd have gone to a, a, the opening of an envelope if it was going to help me get over my own mental demons. Uh, and then... I trained as a sports and remedial massage therapist and people on my table were still sharing problems, even though, you know, the, 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 the massage was a bit painful sports massage. You get that bit where it's quite painful. Turns out when you relax the body, you, the mind follows suit. So that's why they were trusting me. So I thought, right, I've got to do something about this. Let's get some more training. And I, I, I trained to sign up to be a counselor. And the first six months of counseling, weirdly enough was hypnotherapy. And that was like, whoa how come i've had it myself but how come nobody ever told me that you could do it to other people you could learn it um and then that was like almost 10 years ago now and uh, i spend every day sitting in front of people doing my favorite thing which is talking and they have to listen <laughs> so, it's the best job in the world captive audience captive audience this is perfect yes, absolutely i want to move my arms but i can't good listen to this wow wow so 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 that's it and um yeah and i love every minute of it because i along with my clients help um they see some life-changing alterings alter, alterings within the way they think because it's only your thoughts that give anything relevance and if you can change the way you think that's when the whole world can open up because right up until this point that you are at this moment it's our past right now it's linear you can't do anything with it it's a straight line but what happens in this phone conversation could change my life your life or any of the listeners because the future is there are so many options you can do nothing about the past other than see how far you come. I just wrote that down. It's only your thoughts that give anything relevance. That might be the title of this episode. I think that's really, <laughs> really beautiful. So you got clearly captivated by hypnotherapy for anybody who's listening right now. And I actually, let me back step it a second when you said, hey, this conversation, we could leave this conversation, completely change our lives. Hmm. I don't know why I need to share this story, but oftentimes, especially if I'm having like a down day, I will stop and I'll just be like, today might be the day you meet the person who changes your life, whether it's yep. 
you know, whether at some point in my life, I didn't know my wife, but then there was a day she walked into my world and there she was. How it was then was not how it is now, but there was a moment. What if there's a business connection? What if there is a friend? What if there's a, that happened at some moment? Like if we think right before that happened, what was going on? Hmm. What was that moment like? And I have this one instance in the past two years, actually, I would go running and, or go for a walk first. And then it would, then eventually became running in the park right behind my, my place. And I was just having this weird day. And I got out there and I was like, you know, like today might be the day you just meet somebody who just changes your world. So like buck up kiddo, like you'll be fine. Just go on your run, start doing your thing. The thing that you've been doing every day, embrace it, do it. And about halfway through my run, I got stopped by this, this lovely woman. She's like, she's like, I don't know why I need to stop you. And I like, I hope you're okay. They're like, but are you like involved in like athletics? And this time I was still closing down my gym or whatever. And we ended up having this great conversation. She ended up opening a facility right down the, the road from where I live. And it was a great connection, like a really cool connection. But it was that like, it stuck right then and there, just like show up open-minded, receptive, positive, like from just having that question of this, like you might meet somebody today. You never know how you arrive at all situations is super important. So be the person who like, are you going to be the person who's going to, on your down days, you're just like going to bury your head and just walk through the doors and, you know, bring your nasty energy through things. Or are you going to be the person who always still opens the door for people, you know, Mind your P's and Q's, just this genuinely kind every place you go. And to that effect, when I asked her about it, like, why, why did you feel like stopping me or having a conversation with me? She's like, I've been watching you for three weeks running through this place. You say hi to every single person that you go by, old, young, black, white, green, orange, like whatever, it doesn't matter. Injured, hobbling, overweight skinny, athletic, doesn't matter. You say, hello, you're kind. You just wave, you acknowledge. I've been watching. I was like, oh, that proved everything I was thinking before I went on this run today. Show up like your best version of yourself, how you want to, because you never know. And you show up to an episode like this. I don't know where our conversation is going to go. I know I apologize for dominating the conversation at this point, moment right now. I want to hear more about you. Um, but I thought what you brought there was really, really powerful. People could just take a moment to think about, well, what if there's a piece of information that shows up here that completely changes my perspective on all the problems I have in my life? It's not going to solve everything, but it will shift your perspective and open your purview and maybe give you access and opportunity that you didn't have before. There's mm. always those stories from like these, you know, whomever. And even just, you said the funeral for you. Wow. Just being kind. Yeah. Lending it like, whoa, these moments, hopefully are not always like these tragic moments, can open a lens to a universe that you didn't even think was possible. So Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that. That was, that hit me right, right in the chest, right in the feels right here. Yeah. I think kindness is a, is much underestimated, oh. much underestimated. Nice guys finish first, I think, long run, mm. in the long run, yeah. I believe. Like Absolutely, you use the key word there, which is show up. Yeah. Show up. Just show up, but show up your best self. You see, my contention is that the most important person in your life, you might say it's your wife. You might say it's your parents. It's not it's you. You're the most important person in your life. So if you don't show up, 
you're disrespecting yourself. Show up. Show up to be the best possible person that you can be. And if it happens to influence somebody else's life, double whammy. But the person you need to influence is you. You're the most important person. Wow. So obviously you brought up your passion, your deep passion for hypnotherapy, and especially in regards to like, really it's accessing your thoughts. For anybody who, I have a very vague understanding of hypnotherapy and I've done a little bit myself, by no means an expert. In terms of tapping into that voice, like take it, explain a little bit what hypnotherapy is aside from people thinking like you can make people jump up and down on one leg and squawk like a chicken or whatever, you know, that uh, kind of hop stuff. On one leg, hop on one leg, bark <laughs> like a dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, I, if I had a buck for every time somebody said that to me, I, I'd be wealthier than doing the hypnotherapy. Um, break, breaking it down into its base, hypnotherapy or being in a trance state is like guided meditation, but with a focus guided meditation with a focus and you're the guide for that person um for people that think oh i can't be hypnotized because i'm my mind's too active um myth bust doesn't matter how active your mind is uh anybody can be hypnotized if somebody's listening to this podcast now is a driver of a car and you have today yesterday the day before got in your car driven from point a to point b and cannot remember the journey you can be hypnotized because that's a trance state. Your conscious mind has an issue to deal with. It could have been an email that you received. It could have been a letter. It could have been an argument you have with your partner or you're on your way to a job interview, whatever. Your conscious mind says, we need to sort this issue out. Subconscious mind steps up and says, I'll drive the car. And you go through every traffic light properly. You don't get done for speeding. If somebody jumps out in front of you, you still stop. But when you get to the journey's end, you cannot remember the journey because consciously you weren't the driver. It was your subconscious mind. If I was sat in the car at that time and could see that, that's when I can literally or figuratively talk to the subconscious mind because the subconscious mind's sole purpose to be around is to keep you safe. Hmm. But here's the thing. Some of the thought processes the subconscious mind manages are outdated. So they're not relevant to your life now. I'll give you an example. So when my son, my eldest son was young, 12, 13, he was getting bullied. And I was bullied at school, um, but then I got big and then it stopped. But he was getting bullied. So I took him to Taekwondo and to boxing lessons. And some of your listeners might not agree, but I said, for some circumstances, the only way to stop a bully is with aggression. So next time, just punch him in the nose. Take it from your dad, punch him in the nose. Now, it worked. The bullying stopped. He got suspended, but that suspension went over and it never happened again. He's now 30. And let's say he was getting bullied by a boss. Is it right for him to punch his boss in the nose? No, no, no it's not. So right. that behavior worked. But subconscious mind doesn't want to take that behavior as that's the way to move forward. Always fight fire with fire with a bully. No, it doesn't work. Not in the modern world. Not when you're in a job situation. But there are many times when we act to things from our childhood or things that have made us feel good. And they've always helped us feel good until the time that it's not working for us anymore. Our lives have changed. Um, eating that cookie makes me feel good. But right now I've got diabetes, but it still makes me feel good eating the cookie. No, you need to stop eating the cookies because you've got diabetes. You need to change your thought process. So you're 
what I'm hearing is you're tapping in and you're just having a new conversation with the subconscious. This this yep. kind of I won't call it benign because it's not benign. It's certainly playing a very strong role. You're having you're rewiring it in a sense, if that's one way to put yeah. it, or maybe perhaps better contextualizing yep. to the experiences, almost like version 2.0. Yeah, absolutely. Because everything that your subconscious mind does is is learned behavior. You know, everything that you've used your five senses from since you were born is in your filing cabinet and your subconscious has the keys to the filing cabinet and it accesses in nanoseconds well that happened when this happened therefore you should react in the same way do you remember the last time that happened this and so on and so and it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on so how about we just give the subconscious mind a chance for a reprogram and say why don't we just tweak that maybe that guy or those guys that are walking down the road to you shaven head with tattoos are actually as i give you an example i i ride a motorbike um and i was out on my motorbike many years ago and i came to this pub and there were a whole load of guys there skinheads dressed like hell's angels you know and they were they had the, they had the harleys and all this sort of thing um and i'll always go and talk to people and the biking fraternity is one that you can um there were five guys three of them were chiropodists and the other two were doctors so a podiatrist got it got it. right so these were doctors but their weekend, they like to dress up and, you know, that was their biking club gear. Hmm. Yet to look at them, they look like Hells Angels. Now, I could have gone, oh, my God, that's Hells Angel. I know what Hells Angels do. They beat people up or they do this or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. I know that's a load of rubbish. But they, but guess what? They don't. They're a shrop, three podiatrists and two doctors who just happen to like the style. Wow. Now, my subconscious mind was going, stay away from them. That means danger. Make sense? Yeah. Now, of course, contextualizing and what if there is a situation that might be a little sketchy, like learning how to grapple with both of those things is also, you know, that's that's still a new conversation. But yeah, uh, I guess my curiosity there is the hopes is that by addressing that subconscious, you can arrive at that situation with a different, at least engage it differently like maybe give a different it a, perspective a different, a perspective, different perspective not necessarily just yeah. jumping and myopically coming to some conclusion because bah, this is supposed to be this way and absolutely hitting, when, the, when the sub when the subconscious mind is giving you that why mm. you ask it why not what if what if not oh okay so this is that's what the hypnotherapy is helping engage like this process or this pro we'll call it programming we're able to soften maybe the rigid boundaries. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not designed to make you forget what's happened in your life. It's designed to change the emotion that you attach to what's happened in your life. Mm. Wow. I know. Show you how people... powerful. Go ahead. Think, Go ahead. Think, think, think of something that's scares you. What scares you? Not a big fan of spiders. Okay. So, okay. Big spiders, small spiders. All of them. <laughs> All of them. The hairier, the scarier, yeah? Well, it's already given me the heebie-jeebies, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, right. So, so that's the point. And all we've done in the last 10 seconds is, is, chain, is sorry, increased that thought process for you by describing a hairy big spider. Yeah. And your heart rate went up. You, you had a physical reaction. We call it an ab reaction. Mm. If we measured your heart rate now, it would be pounding. 
Yeah, it is. All because of a thought. No spiders in your house. Nothing going on. I just said to you about spiders. What, what scares you? Well, that's what scares me. Right? There it is. Now let's describe it a little bit more. Not going into detail. Just saying hairy spider. Whoa. Stay away from me. That whoa, Can't do... It's just the thought process. Mm. And you became scared, for want of a better word, just with your own thoughts. Mm. See that little shiver then? <laughs> you probably saw that little shimmy in my shoulder. <laughs> but that's it. So my job, if you like, is to change the emotion attached to those thought processes. I love that. Now to that effect, makes me go like, would somebody be like, can I exercise just with my thoughts? You know, my yeah. heart rate rate got up. I started perspiring. You know, I just, I just envisioned myself running at you know, 400 meters or something like is it going to burn all those calories and get me that you know six pack ab one maybe one one maybe two sessions and you wouldn't be scared of spiders anymore wow normally one wow really yeah seriously man that's a powerful thought it is. But then here's the thing that sometimes causes issues with any type of therapy dealing with the mind is what um, we call a secondary gain. So, secondary um, gain. Okay, what's that? Secondary gain. So let's say, for instance, um, I don't know, uh, an elderly mom or elderly dad, they've got um, rheumatoid arthritis mm -hmm. and the hands are really clawed and it's, it's painful every single minute of every single day. Um, but here's the thing. Every Friday, the son or daughter turns up at mum or dad's home uh, and takes them out shopping. And they go out shopping. They have a lovely day. Um, then they go and get a, 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 a coffee and a donut. And the father or mother shares all the things that's gone on in their week. And then they go home and they unpack the shopping. And it's been a lovely day. The person has still been in pain, but it's been a great day with their son or daughter. And then you get somebody saying, I can take your pain away. Or I can reduce it. And they want it. They don't want to be in pain. But here's the thing. If they're no longer in pain and they can go out and do their shopping, guess what won't happen every Friday at 10 o'clock? Oh, they won't have that engagement. Bingo. So what does the subconscious mind do? Does it say, get rid of the pain because you can do your own shopping? Or let's just hold on to that because the gain you get from your daughter or son coming and spending all that quality time with you is way more important than getting rid of the pain. The secondary gain is more important. Wow. So taking that like bigger picture, let's call it unhealthy relationships. Yep. Let's call it fear of starting a business. Let's call it yep. fear of changing job. Let's call it whatever. The pursuit of looking better naked, the pursuit of you know, I'm not the victim of X, Y, Z problem, whatever the yeah. thing is. Perhaps we're also investigating at the same time or perhaps subconsciously part of the resistance yeah. to pursuing a, we'll call it a therapeutic intervention is the fear that that validation or the accompanying, what you said, the secondary, uh, secondary yeah, gain, secondary the secondary gain is now gone so grappling mm. with, with that loss, which is there's like a sub, 
it's almost like there's a subconscious loss aversion as well. It's like a bereavement. Oh, so it's really so a, you, we're confronting two things got, at the same got, time. You, yeah, you got somebody who's uh, let's pick got a weight problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they will always they'll almost describe themselves as being that person. They won't say I'm a doctor, I'm a mum, I'm a dad, I'm a I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a I'm fat. That's how to describe themselves. Um, but here's the thing. They know who that person is. It's like a comfortable pair of slippers. Then you give them the option to be something completely different. Oh, who, who, who am I? Who, oh, I, I, I don't know that person. How am I going to relate in the world when I'm no longer this person? Because I know who I am, but you're, now you're wanting me to be something different. But you said you want to lose it. Oh, but I didn't realize in losing the weight I was going to be different. Wow. That we're really speaking to there is an identity crisis. From yeah. What I'm hearing. It's like, we don't realize the comfort we have in the role we've been playing. Cause we've mastered that role. We know how to get as much as we don't like certain things. We really like the validation or the, the certainty around how to get attention or be validated or whatever it is, whether it's yeah. being the brunt of a joke or not we still get validated or attention in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And here's the other thing saying I can't requires no effort. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you say I can, a lot of people, and I know it's a, it's a, it's a very Americanized thing. Like I, if you think you can, you can, like Henry Ford said, if you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Yeah. I get it, but can't requires no effort. Thinking you can isn't enough. You still have an action. You still got to do that stuff. You've still got to put in the time and the effort. You need to have that PMA, that positive mental attitude, but behind it, you've got to have some grit and determination to make the actions and keep them going and make it work, et cetera, et cetera. And the one thing we say to people is, you know, change comes from stepping outside of your comfort zone. But we make almost we 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 brush aside the fact that when people are outside of their comfort zone, guess what? They feel uncomfortable. So you've got to nurture them when they're outside of their comfort zone. You can't just say, oh, change comes from being uncomfortable. No, I appreciate how uncomfortable you're feeling. It must be really bad. But how about we look at it this way? How about we change the thought process behind it? Because very soon that uncomfortable zone becomes your new comfort zone. And then we look for a new place to be uncomfortable. You'll know this from your time being a, a, an athlete and having the gyms and seeing the transformations that go on in people's lives physically, where they thought they had no chance you know like the tv programs my 600 pound life and then all of a sudden 18 months later it's my 200 pound life mm. and then my 165 pound life Woo! i mean i've seen it so many times to what you're speaking of here and a whole well i love what you're really bringing out here is that a, so much of everything is really comes down to the mindset changing and Absolutely. mindset is you know, the precursor to lifestyle. It's not, you're yep. not going to just change one thing. You want to go on a weight loss journey. Cool. You're not just going to change the size of your pants and the shirt size you wear and how your body looks back in the mirror. No, you're going to change your, the way you engage with your friends and family. You're going to change the way you engage with your body. You're going to change the way you engage with your language, with your job, with your literally your everything. And I'd be curious if you know your thought on this, but like, to me, deep down, I think that we know that that's actually what we're actually confronting. I think mm -hmm. that's that what we like subconsciously, perhaps. Yeah, I know. 
the entire thing's gonna all have to change. That's scary. That's a lot. That's a long time. That's not gonna just be snap my fingers. Just like you said, like I can dismiss this if I say I can or I can't. It's the other stuff that has to come with that commitment, whatever that is. Yep. Um, to that effect, when I, with anybody, when I would say, suggest who's listening, like somebody goes on a weight loss journey, that's why I say like you hit, you hit a target weight, we'll call it that. The second you hit that, throw out all your current clothes and go buy new clothes because you had to like engage new pain, new discomfort of like investing, yep. like reinvesting in this new identity and the pain of getting rid of all your old stuff of like that cost money too. Like that all cost money to go the direction you didn't want to. You got to get rid of it to go have to buy more clothes going back that direction would be just as painful. So like yep. get ri rid of it. Gone. Yep. And then like, nobody's going to know how they look in their new clothes. It, it might change their style. Maybe they didn't feel comfortable being as fashionable or fashion forward or trendy or whatever the thing comes with that, you know, name your thing. Maybe it's more form fitting whatever that is, that's an uncomfortable transition in and of itself. So everything you're talking about is the language underneath in the mind. Like you said, this subconscious conversation that's going on that you are saying, you know, through this process of guided meditation, more or less mm. are inf influencing that conversation. Wow. Look, you're, you're a good looking guy. Okay. Well, so you could, oh, but you're a good looking guy. Okay, you could have 100 people queuing up outside your house, your apartment to tell you exactly that. Okay, here's the thing. The only voice you will actually listen to is the one that resides in the four inches between your ears. Fair point. That's the only voice that you're going to listen to. So how about you try, I quite often say to my clients, right, let, let, let's assume that yesterday you've gone out for a walk and you got back to your house and in, in your living room at the place where you spend most of your time, somebody had broken in with a, stint, a tin of red aerosol paint and painted up Caleb's this, Caleb's that, all very nasty language. He's useless. He's a rubbish boyfriend, he's a rubbish husband, rubbish dad, couldn't run a business if he tried. <laughs> so you ring the police um, and they're not interested because nothing's stolen. So here's my question to you. What's the first thing you would do with that room? I'd clean it up. You'd clean it up, wouldn't you? You'd redecorate. Yeah. So why do we allow people to do exactly that same with a storage facility called your head and not clean it up? Oh, so people are just letting it stay there. Yeah. Mm. And the worst thing is they're agreeing with it. Yeah. Well, I'd be curious on this then. In some way, shape, or form, if you agree with it, that's like somebody else told me this. If you're getting insulted by what somebody else says somewhere deep down, that's resonating. Like it's like you agree. If you're, yeah. an, if you think, if somebody calls you an asshole, basically, and you're like, don't call me an asshole. It's like, if you're even reacting, like that, that shows that you're not confident that you're not an asshole. Maybe you yeah. deep down, you do agree with the fact, like you, you think you're Absolutely. a person. Wow. So what you do then is you change a reaction from a reaction to a response and you go, mm. Hey man, that's interesting. You should say that. Why don't we explore why you think that? Mm. Put that's them on the back foot. And smile it's interesting you should say that why do we just spend a few moments exploring why you think that way what i hear with that is meeting aggression or anger or hate dare i say with yeah, love with a smile yeah with a smile well it's reception and it's, i even yeah. hear like it's a question 
somebody is going to be like, I'm going to talk trash about you here. Well, tell me what, yeah. what, what brought you to that conclusion? There's yeah. such a softness and a confidence. If you can't be rattled by that, uh, there, that, t- I mean, as a human being, that's attractive to me that like, that's yeah. that steadfast, like you just know who you are and you don't need to react. You're just like, I'm just choosing to respond calmly and knowing already who I am anyway. Now I'm just curious, where'd you come? How did you arrive at that? This conclusion? Yeah. How many times have you been in a, in a water cooler moment and somebody said, oh my God, such and such made me so angry. Oh, did they? Or did you attach anger to what they said? Can anybody actually make you angry? No. They can say something. It could be contentious. It could be something about your parents, your wife, whatever. But you go, do you know what? I choose not to engage with someone who's going to say such things. You're entitled to your opinion. But do you know what? Happy days. I, I hope you have a great rest of your day. But I choose not to engage. There's no anger. His loss. Her loss. See ya. Bye. Just because of change from reaction to responding. And here's the thing. When you can do it 100% of the time, Caleb, can you come back and teach me? <laughs> I'll do my best, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll try. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody could ever arrive 100% of that. You, can, I mean, you can't, obviously. You know, if somebody's going to insult my, insult my wife, I'm going to turn to reactionary rather than response mode. Um, but you'd like to think that you would be able to take a step back and just go, do you know what? This isn't worth the conversation. Let's just leave it at that because it's let, let it go. It's it'd be difficult, but let it go. Well, I think what that just brought to mind for me, and I'm gonna go. I'm be curious to see how you implement this with. The, well, let me say that two things have come to mind in your past reflection there, and I'd be curious to hear how you apply it. One of the big things that just came out was language. You're, yeah, yeah. you're. I'm queuing in on so many like tweaks to language that you're bringing to the forefront of. Oh, that's a sign and symptom that somebody is. They have a very negative internal mindset about how they just look at the world. Dare I say, a victim over a empowered human being, over being an empowered human being. And the secondarily, the thought that came up for me was, as we're talking about how can we do this 100 percent of the time. My thought immediately was. You have to find a way to build margins into your life so that you have a you have the ability to absorb whatever's coming in. Like the yeah. somebody's negative, like you're gonna no matter what, no matter how much of a hermit you make yourself, you're still gonna be confronted by negative energy in this world. It's inevitable. And making yourself a hermit also may or may not be its in its own way, <laughs> a negative uh, sort of reclusion or seclusion from society. Like some we're connectors by by nature um i'd be curious to hear how you like really address i mean obviously we're using hypnotherapy but is that a direct conversation you're having with people with oh, about the, like the, hey the, language oh absolutely language is re- is is the most important thing within any any therapy and we, we could try it I'll, I'll explain how language works yeah um or not so much how it works, but give you an example. Um, and the people that are listening to this, you do this while so I'm talking to you. So, <clears throat> Caleb, I want you to think about something now. No, 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 let's think about this. Uh, imagine you've got a child, uh, a nephew, your own kids, or whatever happens to be about four or five years old. Okay. And in your lovely living room, you've got, the, I can see a coffee table, yeah? Um, oh, okay. And there's a, yeah, yeah, well, maybe, oh, sorry, it's the back of the chair, but there's a coffee table, and you've got a lovely beige carpet, 
You're very proud of your beige carpet. And this five-year-old is playing around with their, their glass of blackcurrant juice on the edge of the table. And you notice they're going to push it off. It's inevitable they are going to push it off. So you say, honey, would you move, move, move your glass? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they knock it off. Now, there might be two S-words that you might choose to remonstrate with that child. Yeah. One's a six-letter S-word, one's a five-letter S-word. So the six-letter S word is stupid. Um, you, child, Tommy, whatever it happens to be, that was a really stupid thing to do. You're stupid, 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 stupid. Okay. Or you could say silly, a five-letter S word. Tommy, that was really silly. That was a silly thing to do. You've been silly, silly, silly. Okay. So right now, think about something that makes you happy. And the people listening, think about something that makes you happy. Now smile because you're thinking happy thoughts. Go on. I want you to smile. Big smile. Big toothy grin. Now try saying stupid. No, you can't. It's even like awkward to just switch from that, like stupid. Okay. I mean, yeah. my face. So now think of some, yeah. So now think of something that really irritates you or makes you unhappy. Um, I don't know the IRS stuff like that. Right. Exactly. Now try saying silly. So, oh, you even smiled my, because <laughs> even if so, that's I've if, never thought of that. Wow. Right. That was so cool. if we. Now, both of those words mean similarly in the in the dictionary. But if you think how we've imbued those two words with such passion that when you're thinking happy thoughts, it's difficult to say stupid. And when you're thinking not so happy thoughts, it's difficult to say silly. Imagine words like lockdown. Catastrophic. Try saying lockdown with a smile. Lockdown. Oh, Doesn't work, does it? I feel like I'm creepy. It was <laughs> yeah, but it was designed not to. But in, in the UK, for instance, when we were talking about lockdown, they always said, we're doing this lockdown to keep you safe. So why didn't we call it safekeeping? Now say safekeeping and try to say safekeeping with a frown. Safekeeping. Oh, now now do it with a smile. It's safekeeping. We're keeping safe you safe. Keep. It's a smile. Yeah. That's the point. That's the power of language. You know, it's like you need to be socially distanced. Well, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. You get COVID by being physically close to people. So let's do what we're doing now. We are physically distanced by the nature of the pond, but we are social nearing by learning about each other. So we should be doing exactly that. Physically distance ourselves so we don't get the virus, but socially near. Talk to the person two meters away from you. Engage them. Find out how their day's been. Make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And what I hear in that is it's a great cue for understanding. I don't want to say intent because intent is a mixed bag, um, but it does give, it gives a lot of insight to what's, what's driving the, like what's underneath. Yep. Like, is this coming from a warm place yep. or is it coming from a dark place? And I think that's a very powerful indicator. Everybody, I think, messes up. Like, I think we all have those yeah, moments. But, like, but when we start to hear routine behaviors driven by certain language, that can be very eye-opening. Just be like, oh, like this, I keep hearing this. And somebody could yeah. tell you until they're blue in the face, I only mean this, I only mean this. But the, the how of the language, the how of describing, the how of eliciting a response or a reaction or whatever is consistently the same. Wow, that can be very, very uh, obvious to see where, again, I don't want to use motives or intent because that's a hard one, 
because that can be a very interesting gray area. But that might be a great opening for somebody to be aware of, like, maybe this is not the best situation for me, or maybe I need to change my environment, or maybe I need to change even within myself, how I'm reacting or responding. Just that silly, like silly versus stupid. I think about the long-term effects, but you just brought up, tell a five-year-old they're stupid because they are an unaware unaware child that, you know, they knock their glass over. There's a guy called Dr. Todd, um, Tom Barrett. He's a psychologist, whatever. And he, I love this. He said, when he was a child, he wanted to know how they feel, how they feel donuts with jam. Like, how do they get the jam in the donut? And it wasn't until years later he saw a documentary. But he said, here's the thing. Who fills your donut? And what he's talking about is your mind. Who fills your donut with the jam? What sort of jam are they putting in? Are they putting it? So every morning, when he, from the moment his daughters were able to listen to his voice, he would say something like, do you know how much your dad loves you? Every single day. And still says it now. And they're in their 20s or 30s now because he wanted to make sure that the donut was filled with good jam. Mm. So who fills your donut? J- Jim Rohn said, you are the average of the five people you spend most time with. Who fills your donut? Who do you associate with to make sure that your donut has been filled with the right stuff? It's so visually powerful to just have that type of thing, especially, when, and I'm a massive believer in the, you're the average of the five people. I think yep. they're, they're just a mirror of what you hold dear and valuable. Like Absolutely. That you, that's what you're enabling, if you will, by yeah. just recurring. Yeah. Um, you might have a favorite bar that you go to for drinks. Yeah. Um, and the guys in that bar, you want to earn a quarter of a million dollars a year. But the guys in that bar, the maximum they've ever earned is $100,000. Lovely. Morals, learn from them. Principles, learn. Laughter, humor, love everything learned for them but if you want to earn a quarter of a million pounds or quarter million dollars you need to go and associate yourselves with guys earning three hundred thousand. because as much as they love you and as much as they they can't tell you how to earn a quarter of a million dollars because they've never done it Mm. if you associate with people that just do nothing but gossip and bad mouth then that's what you will have in your life nothing but gossip and bad mouth Change your circle of friends. Move to people that are, use language that's going to enhance your life. That's going to enhance how you feel about yourself. As you started to become more aware of this stuff, how did you change things? Like, I, I'm a, you said you were in sports massage, but obviously, I don't know if you still do body work as like professional. No, no, no. I, 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 I did it because it, it was something totally different from being in the financial world. I didn't want to be in the financial world anymore. And I was good at doing sports massage. Mm. Um, but I could also see the writing on the wall. So I was in my like 45 years old and doing massage takes it out of you. Mm. And there's only so many you can do in a day. Um, so I put my lazy head on and thought with the skill set that I've got, what could I do that's not going to entirely knacker me by the end of the day? So I, I thought therapy would work. But having said that, it is that if you're dealing with four, five, six clients a day, that's tiring, but in a wholly, wholly different way. You know, my friends that work in industries like bricklaying and stuff like that, they can still go out at the end of the evening. I sit down and I am done. <laughs> if you've been dealing with five clients, it's like, ah, oh, I just need to, to chill out and watch some rubbish on the TV. Here's an interesting thing talking about language. Yeah. Uh, just popped into my head. Uh, 
so you know uh, especially in the coaching field and uh, anytime you've been in sales you're taught uh, open and close probes for getting language so you do 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 you like this it's a yes or no answer yeah. okay it's where what why when how where you want to elicit a response okay i'm going to say something a bit contentious here um don't use why because why encourages a lie okay yep you might have heard it i've um, never heard that but i have i personally moved away from using why questions in general okay in absolutely life. yep if you're using why and this is a language thing because you want to find out about something like oh you just press that button on computer why why did you do that why why didn't you go in that way for learning it's great which is why people use it a lot but here's the thing when was the last time you used why other than for questioning something about how it works in a positive way it's yeah. normally why did you do what you did because i didn't want you to do that or why didn't you do something like my son, my young, uh, younger son, Finn, Finn, why haven't you tidied your bedroom? And immediately you can tell from the language response, my people that can't see me, they'll know that my brow is furrowed in the way I asked it. Because I can't ask it with a smile. Hey, son, why didn't you tidy your bedroom? It's never going to happen. Finn, why didn't you tidy your bedroom? Or why did you go out and leave the front door open? Why didn't you take your keys with you? You knew we were going to go to bed. So why encourages a lie? Because when we're young, the only time we're ever asked why is when we've done something that we shouldn't have done. So we're automatically thinking on the back foot, how can I get out of this as quickly as possible? I need to find the best lie available quickly. So what you do as a parent or as a boss in the workplace, you reframe the question. So for instance, Finn, not tidying his bedroom. Hey, son, I asked you to tidy your bedroom. You didn't do it because? And then they will tell you, the real reason why because they're not on the back foot you changed the language hi son you didn't tidy your bedroom as i asked you you didn't do it because wow that makes if you so wait another sense. five if you wait another five minutes i'll come up with another gem <laughs> well let's tie like i'll peel that one apart a little more and i love it i i like the way you shifted that and i've always found a, it's almost a way to take a why question and turn it into a what question yeah. Well, what was what was the meaning behind that what yeah. led you to that conclusion it's more yeah. of a i'm looking to understand which understanding yes. is also curiosity yeah the the why um and the reason why i shifted from pulling why questions out of my vocabulary by and large was uh and many people have heard me say this and i've referenced it a lot of times in the book never split the difference from chris voss uh, and he uses the, the the term tactical empathy never read it I think it's phenomenal. It's basically sales, which he's an amazing guy. Yeah, I love his. I love his stuff. What I've kept thinking about, like, why is almost like this existential threat. It opens up so much breadth to it, and not like it's too much. It's like why? Mm. Well, just because. Like sometimes that just might be your answer because it's simple. Um, but the curiosity, I think, to sometimes use why, like you had brought to the table. If it's genuine, like I really want to learn. Why yeah, absolutely. To learn. Like, that's it. But like the tone and the softness and the genuine nature of curiosity will shine through. Like if you bring a different energy to that space. I do love how you reframe that. And I think about, you know, a lot of my people are, are couples. Like, how do, how many times 
to people like, why do you not do that? And why didn't you take the garbage out? Why didn't you do the honey-do list? All that kind of, why do you think? Like, if that's all they're going to be met with, like, why didn't you do something? That if you're tapping back into like, was it an overbearing mother or like an angry dad or whatever it was, you're tapping right back into old cues to say like, I don't, I'm, I, it's either going to be like lying or just lying by omission or whatever. It's like avoid. I don't, especially if the energy of the rest of their day, when we talked about building margins into somebody's life, building space to absorb somebody on their worst day where they're just not thinking like, lie, whatever. That's that's huge if you don't know how to like set that up. So I think sure. the way you the just reframing it gives you those the same thing. I and I can yeah. speak from personal personal testimony here, and I gave my wife the book too. Uh, it has by and large changed the way we interact in all of our conversations, and it's made a massive difference. So yeah, I love what you're saying here. Was that? I think we spoke about it before, um, Caleb. Do we talk about that book? Is it called Five, Four, Three, Two, One? I think it's the Five Second it's Rule by Mel Robbins. The Five Second Rule. That's it. The yeah. Five Second Rule. It, it's the same. I use it with my clients. I say, either tell them about the Five Second Rule or say, take a step back. So, mm-hmm. in effect, take a step back. What's that mean? So, if I was stood up now, for me to take a step back to make sure I was safe, I'd have to look behind myself to make sure I wasn't gonna tread on the dog or the cat or whatever. And then what I ask my clients to do is physically take a step back. Actually, just take a little step back. Then when you step back into your present, if you react in the same way, you've chosen to react. But that's given you the brief time to respond rather than react. And it's the response we're looking for, that margin of time, that just that brief one, two, three, four, five seconds, whatever it happens to be, just to go, let's just allow that reboot to happen right interesting you should say that or whatever it happens to be you go because i'm now calm i've had time to assimilate just in that little five second gap it makes me i love the, the actual physical act of taking a step back i haven't considered that i think that's beautiful when you can attach the physical manifestation with the absolutely idea. i think yep. there's something very profound that's that psychosomatic piece where you're bringing that into like the physical biology as well um i think it makes it easier to imagine yourself going through the step and the process of it yeah because i don't say to them you're stepping into your past i just say you're stepping back but i do make a point of saying when you step into your present moment now what are you going to do with that information now because that present moment determines your future not what happened when you step back because that was in the past it just takes the edge off yeah, there's that yeah. the saying like somebody has a drink, like I'm having a drink to take the edge off. Yeah. Now, just a healthier way of saying I'm building in a margin, I'm building in a gap, I'm building in a breath to then arrive and deal with what was already, it didn't go away. Like the problems didn't go away. They're still there. And now yeah. you just, but you will choose to engage it differently or perceive it differently. I guess perhaps that's the same thing. Um, mm. I love and that. Ladies, and ladies and gentlemen, we are saying to take a step back, not to take a step back, have a shot, and then react every time. That's right. not what we're saying. <laughs> One thousand percent. How do you think I should do this? I just <laughs> <a shot. laughs> everything's fine. 
Yeah, that that <laughs> I appreciate you clarifying that so we're not sending the wrong message out there. Right, no, Getting a bunch of people loaded up just to be like, <laughs> but that was hypnotherapy. That's what yeah, they told me to Paul do and, all the time. Paul and Caleb ripping. said it was okay. Take they a start, shot. They started ripping whiskey every time they had a confrontation. Uh, no, that that by no means. Let me let's double double down on. No, you don't need to lean on alcohol to solve that problem. Take a physical step back, breathe. Take a physical step back, breathe. Breathing's good. Breathing's very important. Yeah, it is. People don't. Well, I gotta imagine like that's something that drastically changes during a hypnotherapy session. Like, what do you typically see with that? Uh, well, you're actually looking for it. You're actually looking for people to breathe deeply. Um, you're looking for physiological change, like uh, REM, when someone's in deep trance. You're just. You can see the way someone's sitting in a chair when you've practiced it a bit how deep in hypnosis they are because they almost tend to meld into the chair or meld into the sofa mm. um and there are various things there's a thing called the hypnotic mask so when someone's deep in trance it'll be like a death mask they will have absolutely no emotion whatsoever on their face it'll be wow. like they're they're conscious but it's completely gone um you'll get times when people go into hypnosis and they'll get very red around the neck um people can very get very cold with him in hypnosis they can the body temperature drops so i always have a blanket just in case someone needs it a blanket for warmth and for comfort wow i didn't know about that that's fascinating i didn't i've never heard of the hypnotic mask yeah the hypnotic mask and there's also the hypnotic swallow would you believe when people really? go deeper into trance yeah when people go, it sounds weird when people go deeper into trance they have this exaggerated swallow so it won't be like, because all, all of us are swallowing continually throughout the day with a buildup of saliva, but there will be this, it'll be almost a bit like they've had a drink. Like a and big you know dog. that they're, yeah, like a big dart, you know that they're calming right down. Wow. Well, this brings out some really interesting stuff that I'm always curious about because I think the body is really just I mean, it's, it's the roadmap to the problem. Mm. And I, I'll, I'll lead into it and I'd like to, because you're bringing out some of this stuff. A lot of people didn't know this, um, but when somebody would come into the gym back when I had, and I still do it to this day, I'm listening, I'm, I'm reading their entire body. I'm not reading just mm -hmm. like the words coming out of their face. I'm listening to the tone. I'm listening to energy. I'm watching the shifts of their body. I'm hearing the pacing of their breath. I'm hearing the speed of their conversation. I'm hearing them stumble, all that. But especially when it came to the physiological stuff, I was listening to like, well, where are you having pains and discomfort in your body, your back, your shoulders, your knees, your hips, your foot, your whatever, migraines, all that stuff. And my acupuncturist one day years ago, showed me this book about like the spiritual connections to what like Eastern medicine stuff of like mm -hmm. what, what these places on the body line up to. And I studied some brief ones. So, you know, just kind of like enough to be dangerous kind of thing, because it was not something I was going to go die. I, by no means was I diagnosing or do anything like that, but it was for me a curiosity of like, okay, so you've mentioned some of these things. And as we need to take a holistic look at your life before we jump in on making any change in your health and wellness, what are the things that are actually affecting you in your life? So it opened the door to a, a leading question. Hey, so mm -hmm. you know, I said, your back is feeling a certain kind of way. 
you're worried about deadlifts or this, that, and the other thing, name your thing. And all of a sudden, like three to five minutes later, they're tell giving me a story about like their relationship and things at home and this, or their business or their blah, blah, blah. Like, and I've had some people be like, how the hell did they tell you all that stuff? Like you just met them. I'm like, because I asked a pointed question about like that little sign and symptom that said like, this is maybe an access point. We need to, we need to consider that that might be at the root of the problem here. Mm. It does not mean that's where we're going to start with everything, but we have to like be aware of what's happening. That was how I witnessed stuff, how I observed things. And that was like my lead in to the, and I do it to this day, usually within like fairly strong accuracy, I hit pretty close to home what the thing is. I'm curious to, I think it's so cool that you're witnessing these kinds of observations, especially as somebody's letting go of this. I'm not going to say letting go because I'm not fully certain how it all operates. That goes a good but, way of putting it. Yeah, like you're letting, letting go. go. Unburdening. You're, you're unburdening, I guess, the external, like superego, whatever you want to call it, like the the front of the front consciousness, the forward facing consciousness, and tapping into the subconscious. We're letting go of this exterior right now. Now here's the end. Wow, like, so you're, what are you, what do you see within that stuff? Obviously you're, you're seeing those things. What are they sometimes indications of? Well, you're talking about pains, et cetera. You know, back in the 16th century, you, you would have, you know, the doctors and whatever within the city walls, but you'd have the mental institute outside of the city walls because the, you didn't, they thought it was infectious. You didn't want this sort of thing. Now we know that the mind and body are like this, mm. you know, especially the biome of the gut and all of the stuff. You are what you eat type of thing. Um, but they reckon at any one time that 85% of people in a hospital outside of those people that have had an injury due to an RTA or falling off a ladder are there for what they call EII, emotionally induced illness. Mm. So we transfer our thoughts into a chink in our armor and we, the, the, the mind will find a chink in your body somewhere and that's what it will exploit. Wow. And that's what, that, that's what we see. But you, I see people come in for therapy and you, you won't be there to sort a shoulder problem out, but they will stand up having dealt with an issue from childhood or from teenage or whatever happens to be. And they go, oh, that's really weird. My shoulder doesn't hurt anymore. Wow, let's have a think about that then, shall we? And they'll always put it down to coincidence. And you smile and go, yeah, it's probably it. But it's not. Trapped it's, no different, it's no different to when you're getting somebody to do that. You know, they, they're, they're doing their first 90K bench press. Yeah. And you're talking to them and you're saying, you know, you're talking about X, Y, and Z. We're going on hot. Oh, you can do it. Just think about the holidays. You think about and all of a sudden they lift this thing up. How? Because they just their mind isn't clogged up with rubbish. It's just, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Man, it's so wild that we live in this world where we've decided we try to divorce the body from the mind and think of absolutely two separate entities. And it's like, where did that happen? I don't, where, where Dale, did that start Dale, happening? Dale Carnegie did a, an experiment. So he wrote one of the iconic books, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and he did an experiment. I don't know where it was, Pittsburgh, Chicago, where it happens to be. Uh, and it was one of his conferences and he picked on four people that were on the sales conference. And for the purposes of this, we're going to call them Tom, Dick, Harry and Caleb. Um, and uh, these guys were there to, at the sales conference together and they, they, they met up 
and they had breakfast and anyway uh he espied these guys and managed to get tom dick and harry to one side he said tomorrow morning when you come down to breakfast uh, tom i want you to come down first but make sure that caleb is already down at breakfast and tom when you see him i want you to say hey caleb how you doing you're not looking too well this morning mate you okay and then dick when you come down i want you to say hey caleb you know mate did you not get a good night's sleep you're looking really quite ill and then Harry, when you come down, I want you to suggest to Caleb that he sees the hotel doctor. Now, Caleb came down to breakfast that morning full of the joys of spring, waiting to go into the conference and be inspired by his hero, Dale Carnegie. By the time he'd had the third conversation, having been through Tom Dick and then Harry, he went back to bed and missed the day because three people that he knew, liked and trusted had persuaded him that he was unwell and he therefore became unwell. unwell. All because of thought processes telling him that he wasn't feeling that you know if you wake up in the morning thinking oh my shoulder really hurts guess what your subconscious mind is going ding 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 ding. let's look for reasons why his shoulder might be hurting and then it hurts now i'm not saying you can think yourself well out of any given circumstance but you can change the way how many times have you been in like uh, in the garden okay and you're doing some gardening and you finish the garden you've had a great tight day your marigolds your petunias or whatever it happens to be and then you look down as you're washing your hands and there's a scraze across your knuckles quite a nasty scraze that's drawn blood and you think when the hell did i do that well we know what happened you were doing your gardening you were enjoying yourself um uh, a tool a, uh, whatever a trowel went across your knuckles but at that moment in time when the electrochemical messages from your injury we're telling your pain center in your brain, danger, beware. An instant response to your brain was having too much fun. We'll deal with it later. Hmm. Which is why you didn't notice the cut or you didn't notice the bramble mark on your leg where you've been out with your wife or partner or whatever, walking your dog. But as soon as you notice it, guess what? Doesn't it start to hurt just then? Hmm. Crazy. And this is always playing out. We're just not aware of it. We're not giving it Absolutely. attention. A absolutely the site of the injury isn't where the pain is it's up there where the pain is which is why you see these stories of soldiers and you know women people being involved in car accidents and the child's underneath the car and they've got a broken arm yet they still manage to lift the car up with a broken arm it's physically impossible no it's not because <laughs> you did it it's just wild that we decided to make it so mechanical it's this yeah. or it's this no meshing and like you're talking about it's it's not the end all be all but no, it is definitely not but it has to be part of the conversation it has to be yeah. integrated otherwise the like when you look at it, the healing however we want to yep. define that how can it be complete because yep. they these two things are married together they're not they are not separate the one is facilitating the other yeah here's the thing the bumblebee the humble bumblebee aerodynamically can't fly but nobody told the bumblebee still do still does it those tiny little wings and that heavy old body it'd be like putting wings like this on an elephant but if you don't <laughs> tell the elephant it just goes on and does its thing <laughs> that's brilliant if we start seeing like little, little elephants like floating around <laughs> yeah. doing their thing you know we'll come back to this moment like uh paul did you do some interesting <laughs> genetic modifications and did yeah. to fly? oh dear lord
uh, makes me laugh. Makes me laugh. Did we do uh, this? This might fall flat. Did I do the thing the other day when we spoke where I got you to count up lots of numbers? I forget it. Let's do it. Oh God! If this fails, everybody on this podcast is going to go. He's a charlatan. He's a charlatan. Right. I'm just going to write a word down. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. Uh, so I'm just going to write this word down. Oh, I know what it was. Now I remember. Did we do it? Yes. Did it work? No, it did, I, didn't was, it? I was the. I was. You the... were the top one yes. percent. Right. We won't do that then. No. You were the top one percent, but you could tell. But you can tell other people about it. I forgot. What I, I. You know. I felt that we did this little thing. All the people on the podcast get Caleb to count with you. I can't remember how it all ran out, but then you told Don't me. Don't worry. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you about it off this. Yes. There we go. So that I loved it, but it ended up being that I'm in this 1% of people who choose. Yeah, you're the one, you're, you're, you're the one percent that chooses something completely different, which is, you know, it's, I did it on a, a thing the other day with about 40 people and about 35 of them came in with the thing. And it was like, <laughs> yes hallelujah hallelujah you know i i'm i'm incredibly not only are you good looking but you just let your head forward and you've got a full head of hair haven't you i am quite fortunate you are making me blush i feel that love um mate i i went to my i go to this little turkish guy he's lovely he's my ideal hairdresser because he speaks very little english (laughs) so therefore Therefore, we haven't got to engage in the inane conversation like what you're doing this weekend, what car, you know, what car do you drive? Da 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 da. da. He just, cut, I sit down in the chair and he says, "Usual." I go, "Yes, my friend, usual." And he go, "I just." And the other day, I said to him, "Can you just leave it a little bit longer on top?" He said, "I know why." I said, "Why?" He said, "You've been going thin last year or two. I didn't want to say." <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, he's Turkish. He's not Russian. It's just I can't do a Turkish yeah. accent. But yeah, it was so matter. It was so matter of fact. You know, you've been going thin on top, but I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> God, <laughs> what a guy! Oh man, yeah, that's yes, fun. My I have, Turkish friend. I have been blessed with the gift of my father has full head of hair. My grandfather on my mother's side has a well that's the one you want he's got a that's the one you want because it's not your father you've got to worry about caleb because male patent baldness comes from the female side yeah i've been so if if your if your mum's father's got a full head of hair you'll have it if he's bald doesn't matter how good your dad was (laughs) no he's got a great my grandfather got a great head of hair he's got what is he how old is he now i think he's 80s now He's got, yeah, he's got, he's aged like a fine wine. He also takes great care of himself. So there, there's that too. But I mean, hell, even his father had full head of hair. So yeah, I've, I've I'm been not doing so fortunate. bad, but I, I, I can notice the pink of my scalp. And it's like, not, not that I'm vain, Caleb, at all. You mustn't think that. You mustn't think that. If you are, you it's okay. <laughs> Listen, I hired a stylist. Oh, you there? Oopsies. There he is. I, I don't know what happened there, mate. You just went. My power just went out. 
So oh, you had an out. You had a power outage. We had a power. It's still doing oh. little blinks and on and off, on and off, on and off. Am I still with you right now? Yeah, you are. You're still with me. Well, I'm, now I'm a little nervous that my thing might might hit the hit the bricks. What was I saying though? Oh, uh, you you were just you 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 were, you were like this, and then it went. Wow! <laughs> I said to my wife, she's in the background. I said, "Okay, they've just gone away." I thought I thought the podcast was going really well. I vanished <laughs> off into the ether. Here we go. Let's see if no, oh, I got my light back on. Oh, there we are. That was fun. Um, yeah. To that effect, <laughs> I think I was saying something like, "Oh, we're talking about vanity." Listen. Yeah, we're talking about vanity and hair, and that's obviously it, it. That's what it was. This is a judgment-free zone. I've got a stylist. I've got a hairstylist. I I hire this out. I spend a good chunk of change on making sure I I look my best for all the things. So I I feel appreciated and loved by your your kind comments. So thank you for being. Yeah, here. but it's so upsetting because you are a good-looking fella. And I said this to Kelly. I said the other day. I, I, I mean, he's got a good. He's a good-looking fella, and he's got a kind soul as well. So he's got a good-looking soul, and all this sort of thing. And he um. I was just hoping that maybe in your loft or your attic space, it was going to be like the the, the portrait of Dorian Gray. There was going to be <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be something up there that <laughs> that, in a, that in a disingenuous moment I could say, "Ha ha!" So that's why he's that good looking. And there's <laughs> there's always some weird stuff in the closets, man. Oh God, you bring real joy to my day, my friend. You really do. Oh, mate, I'm sorry. The thing is, it's, you know, I, if I, I, when people come to see me for my skill set in hypnotherapy or NLP, I say, look, if you're, if you're after whale song and incense, you're not going to get it. Um, Cause that's not the sort of therapist I am. And if you're after somebody who's politically correct, you're definitely not going to get it. Cause that's not the therapy I am. I just work on the basis that I'd like to treat people in the way that I like to be treated. And I like, I think that if you can bring humor and laughter into every conversation, they say laughter is the best medicine. It is the best medicine. And us Brits, I don't know if it's the same over with you guys, but we have we have got the blackest sense of humor. We will find humor in anything. Yeah. And it's it, it's it, it can be good 99% of the time. Sometimes we go over the top, but there's there's fun and joy in just about every scenario. Every scenario. I, I think it's actually what has gotten <laughs> humanity historically through the dark times because yeah, i just had a conversation with this really lovely human being named amanda sure her podcast episode's gonna air or by the time this airs it already has aired and she was telling me how she she was um she was labor and sex trafficked and when she was oh. talking about it yeah brutal stuff when she was talking about it, she spoke with like this levity and like kind of like poke fun at certain situations. And she said she had that on another podcast. And we talked about using humor as a means to like kind of come to terms with what has happened. It's almost like the highest yeah. form of like acceptance. I can now poke yeah. fun at my demons, at my darkness. And, you know, obviously that's a dark, that's a, that's a really shitty, shitty thing. Yeah. Um, and for her to show that to me, I was like, wow, like I saw an immense amount of strength in that. Um, right now, at least, you know, covering what you're saying, like in the US, humor is kind of being shot at 
I think that that's a dark place yeah. to be because it's a way to kind of bridge the gap and be able to bring opposing, we'll call it seemingly opposing ideologies together. And my hope is that that settles down soon enough. Um, but I think that the lightness that humor can bring allows you to come at a subject matter with just like, it's like we talked about taking a step back, a laugh is almost your like a physiological way of taking a step back and approaching it with like, all right, this is a thing. Like we're gonna have to deal with it. Do I want to yep. just be miserable about it forever? No, like, let me just have a laugh and let's move forward with it. Um, and everybody's gonna handle that in their own different way. But I like what you brought to the table, humor. Yeah, have a laugh. It's it's healthy oh, for you. It's, it is healthy. Uh, it, it, it's, I think it, it's about picking the right audience though, as well. Hang on a minute. Lucy, sure. would, you, would you let her out, baby, please? <laughs> Go on, <laughs> mommy's gonna let you out. I've got a staffy that's neurotic. <laughs> I remember being in a, in a queue in, in, a, in um, Sainsbury's, so it's a grocery store in the UK. And there was a lady at the checkout and she was, how old was I? I was in my middle 40s. She must have been in her 60s. But she was, she had a twinkle in her eye and she was being um, suggestive with her humour with, with the customers, but not in a nasty way. So yeah. I got to my turn until, and I said to her, excuse me, honey, I want to ask you a question. She said, what's that? I said, what makes love like a tiger and winks? And she looked at me, she said, I have no idea. I went, <laughs> and I winked at her. <laughs> I thought, the people beside me thought, what are you doing? I thought she was going to have a heart attack. She laughed so much. She was just, it was her sense. But I'd been watching her and I thought, this is, the joke was right for her. If the audience, it wasn't for you. You just happened to overhear. It yeah. was, and um, we had a long conversation and uh, her husband had died a few weeks beforehand and mm. all sorts of stuff. But she just, she was using humour to get herself out of a dark space by being wow. that, oh, and I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to make you, because you've been making all your customers smile. I'm going to make you smile because I can see where you're coming from. Now, it could have fallen flat on its ass. It could have fallen flat on its ass. But I got um, a radar for these things, I'm guessing. I don't know. I think smiling's just good. It's good for the health. Have you seen, we're talking about imbuing physical health stuff with like the mentality stuff. You ever yeah. seen, seen the movie Patch Adams? Oh, it's one of my, Robin Williams is a star and it's a true oh. story. Yeah, amazing. It's a true story. The Gesundheit Institute. It's a true story. It's craziness. And it it's exact, exactly what we're talking about. These kids, obviously, when, for the stuff I remember, like, but like in a, the like these are people on their way out and yeah, bringing the a little award. Yeah, yeah like bringing levity to a very dark place man like that takes a lot of strength as somebody who's going to hold that space and ironically enough i just interviewed somebody who was a clown but like a couple days later and mind you i've never been approached by anybody who was a clown to like have a conversation about anything not like the traditional sense um she was she clarified for me differently, actually, like how she goes about clowning. Um, not like the, you know, the red nose and the wig and then the painted face and all the, and the big shoes, like not that. Um, but apparently I met this other guy. He like, he's going to probably connect me to this other guy who's in, where is he? He's living in Nigeria and he's doing something very similar. He's a clown 
and he's working with like kids in, I think like a cancer ward. It's not, I was like, this is, and I'm like, wow, what a non-traditional way, which sadly is not that it's seen as non-traditional as like fringe. It's like, what a way to bring life into a space where physically life is leaving. I think that that is perhaps if we took, because it makes me think about these questions, like what is life? Is it quality of life? Is it just the ability to breathe? Like what is, when we think about this kind of stuff, and I know I'm kind of taking it off into an existential route here, but I'd be curious about your thoughts around some of that. Hmm. What would you rather do? Die laughing or die crying? Well, it depends on the tears. Because tears- It depends on the tears. Depends on the tears. That's a good. That's good. That's a good shout. But in general, die laughing or die crying? For sure, laughing. For sure, laughing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And if that laughter is out of some dark place, then to my way of thinking, at least I do these um, dad. You know, do you know what dad jokes are? For sure, I fr- I follow right, okay. so many different handles. I believe like I'm supposed to be in training for the day that I have to deliver dad jokes. So like I'm yeah, practicing well, now. I do. Um, all, all, all sorts of dad jokes and i i don't do them now because a friend of mine said you're taking away from your professionalism paul when you just do these dad jokes because my i haven't got a, a a facebook business page as such it's just me i i am the hypnotherapist so he said just a word he said you're taken away from what you the good you do by playing the clown too much sometimes and i thought i i get that i get that but i dad jokes I'm going to intervene and say, I actually disagree with his statement. I think that attracts more of what you want. It's I, I, I love the dad jokes and I love the fact that it's some of them are so appallingly bad. (laughs) It even makes, it even makes me cringe, but they, they have a way of making, they have a way of making people laugh. which makes me feel happy. Um, because like I said, it's all about the laughter. It's all about the laughter. Um, let me think if I can call up a couple of, of my, my dad jokes, see if I've got them to, so dad jokes, let's have a look, see what we've got here. While you're searching for that, I think, especially, you know, most people look at like hypnotherapy and things like that as like woo woo or, or like, oh, I'm gonna have to go sit with dark stuff and like, But I think you leading with that, like, especially somebody who wants to feel safe, like, Hey, we can laugh about stuff too. Like this doesn't have to be all nitty gritty, serious all the time. Like, it can be soft. It can be humorous. It can be, we can share this space together. Like human beings. We're not not fucking robots, man. We're just, no, we're not. And nor do I, I don't want to become a robot like at all. That doesn't appeal to me in the slightest, but what you're talking about there, I think is, I think we need more people who lead with dad jokes, to be quite frank. Right. Well, let's see. Um, what does Spartacus say when he, when a lion ate his wife? I Nothing. Know. He was glad, he was glad he ate her. <laughs> <Jesus Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> what does <It's> Jeff, so- <laughs> <laughs> what does, what does Jeff Bezos do before that bedtime? He puts his pajamas on. Oh my god! Pajamas on. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't even handle it. 
Where do bad rainbows go? Prism, but it's a light sentence. Um, <laughs> and do you like, I like the prism one. one? I like the, I, 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 I like, I like the prism one. Okay. I like that one a lot. Um, reach for the stars, because even if you miss, you'll still be miles away from me with your motivational piffle. <laughs> my dad. My, that one hurts. That one on. hurts big time. Uh, I guess I'm probably not going to be accepted into the Optimus Club. Uh, let's see. I'll do. Uh, okay. My friend's wife left him last week. She said she was going out for milk and never came back. I asked him how he was coping. He said, not bad. I've been using some of that powdered stuff. (laughs) 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 I think that stuff is genius. I like. Yeah, I'm going to go back to it. I took took his advice, but bollocks to him. He's he's, he's talking rubbish. Um, I mean, especially in this day and age, you know, this is a sidestep into business conversation, but like especially when it comes to the therapeutic. I mean, at least I know how I am. I don't, I personally don't want like the cookie cutter thing. I'm going for a personal experience because it is personal. Like, do you have, do we share similar interests? Can we have a laugh about similar things? Can like, do we value similar things? I want to know those things. If you make me laugh, you made me feel cool. Imagine if we shared space together on a call or in a, I came to the office and like we shared that, like we could laugh even more. There could be even more contextually like binding and like powerful experiences because we appreciate the same things and we understand the same things. I think that that we're, it's so similar to the idea of divorcing the mind and the body. It's we're trying to divorce the human from the business as opposed to, yeah. it's a very personal business. Make it funny. Yeah. Why not? You know, life, you know, as I said to you, you know, people talk about one of the goals in life is to be happy. No, the, the journey is the happiness part. Damn. The journey is the happiness part. It's not, a, that's not the goal. You can be happy every single day. Um, people talk about, and I, I think we mentioned it the other day. If I said to you, light at the end of the tunnel, what's the image that comes up in your mind? Death. Yeah. That's where okay. I go to it. But if there's light at the end of the tunnel, if somebody said to you, there's always light at the end of the tunnel, what do you see in your mind when someone says there's always light at the end of the tunnel? What image comes up? I feel like I'm in the darkness. Is the it tunnel. a long space? Yeah. Darkness. And at the end, you can see the light? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that statement. People quite often don't equate to what it actually means because they're in such a dark space that they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But that's mm. because... Who said your tunnel was straight? Mm. Maybe your tunnel's got a right-hand bend, followed by a left-hand bend, followed by a right-hand bend. Because here's the thing we know. Light can't go round corners. So how about you keep going, keep going, keep going, until you reach that bend, and then that's when you'll see that straight bit. That's when you'll see the light. Mm. Your assumption is that your tunnel is straight. It's not. It's got bends. It's got curves. And light doesn't go round corners. See another thing I love about you is you make me think. I love that. I love that. Like it doesn't that's go around. It doesn't. That's why I married my wife. 
my previous two wives, God bless them, they are lovely, but I've got patio slabs named after them because that's where they're buried. No, they've got... <laughs> <laughs> jokes, people, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're lovely, but she 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 questions. My wife questions Amanda. She 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 questions me and I'll say something and she will say, no, I don't get that. Or no, that's rubbish. You need to read it. And it's about, like you say, it's, it's making me think more about some of the inane comments that I make. Mm. And, and no, they're not under the patio. I do apologise for that. They're buried <laughs> way deeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was so looking forward to this conversation today. I can't even begin to tell you. Oh my God. <laughs> so an hour and a half of loveliness I managed to undo in two seconds. <laughs> I think it amplified, actually. I think it amplifies because it's like, and I think I've shared this with you. I've shared it a few times. Like, I don't understand the people. Like I get the practicality of people who do short podcasts and stuff like that, but like this is the fun stuff. Like when you get to explore thoughts, you get to laugh. You like this podcast today has been like a journey for me. I'm getting like I'm deepening a yeah. friendship. And much like you said, like light doesn't pass around corners. Like, what if we hit a roadblock? What if we like what if we pivoted? What if like we we went from hypnotherapy and the meanings behind it to existentialist thing to joking about death to like i mean everything in between that's yeah i feel like so many people are trying to rush the process of living they're cool and this is something i bring up all the time people who are i'm just trying to get through it like what your day your week your month this year you're just trying oh, to mate. get it's like it drives me nuts are you just trying to get through your life what kind of life is that I don't it's like people that say things like I've had a nightmare of a day okay so tell me you've had the sort of day that would wake anybody else up at three o'clock in the morning screaming mm. is that the sort of day you're telling me that you had or have you just had a bit of an off day mm. and you're having a little bit of a you're trying to acclimatize yourself that wasn't as good as you were expecting was it that sort of day or was it the sort of day that keeps you that will wake you up in the middle of the night screaming mm. and more often than not it's not the actual nightmare day no it's usually just you had some inconveniences you had some bad feelings that just mix it up you know so long as your kid didn't get abducted or like literal war didn't break out in your backyard more often Absolutely. than not you yeah. had a you had a you had a, a couple challenges got thrown on your on your plate okay yeah a couple inconveniences in that perspective it's like sadly my brother died at christmas time and um if I had been waking up in the days prior to his death, worried about him dying, that would have been justified because I knew he was dying. But here's the thing. If you think about all the things that wake you up at three o'clock in the morning that you worry about, how many of them, other than somebody being in hospital dying, have ever come true? In reality. Slim to and none. normally, it, it, yeah, it's a big fat zero. It's about fat zero. So, so in my original family, there was my mother and my father and my brother and myself. So my mother died in 84 of uh, bowel cancer. My father died in 94, no, sorry, 96 of a brain tumor. And my brother died in 2021 of kidney cancer. And people are saying to me, are you worried? Are you scared? I mean, oh, three out of you. Uh, 
well, I've got a choice. I can either be worried and scared thinking, when, when's it going to happen to me? Or maybe I've dodged the bullet. Maybe I've dodged the bullet where three out of four people are going to get cancer. Maybe I'm the fourth one that's not. It's just how you view things. It's how you view. And I choose not to be worried about it. Because guess what? If I worry about it, then that worry could find that chink in my armor that could turn it into something that's going to make me ill, but not necessarily with cancer, with something else. Now, I know that at some point in the future, hopefully many years hence, I'm going to die of something. But like most people, it will be because of the main thing called lack of breath. But it will be, it will be, that thing will happen. But I choose not to engage with that thought process because I don't want to bring anything on. That might be the biggest takeaway for all of this for anybody. It's like, how are you choosing to engage your life? Hmm. This is not a dress rehearsal, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is this isn't a practice run, unless of course you're a Buddhist and you think you're gonna come back as a praying mantis or whatever, and then reincarnate. Maybe that could be I'm not knocking it, don't get me wrong. That could be it, who knows? But this isn't a dress rehearsal. You know, this is it, this is the real deal. So why wouldn't you want to make the most out of your day? Or you want to make the most out of your day because Ooh. I, saw I didn't know doing. what was going <laughs> to, I was looking forward to our, our podcast. I remember I went out with Kelly and James and my wife, we went to see Batman at the, the movies yesterday. And um, she said, what you got planned for Monday? I said, well, I've got this, this but I, I've got this podcast with Caleb. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And then when I couldn't log on because of my computer, it's like, <laughs> um, but it's, it's things like this. And, you know, when we do the networking, which we're doing, yeah, ostensibly you're looking for networking opportunities because you want to, um, broaden your horizons with regard to income with regard to your reach etc etc my main things for coming on here is if if one thing that i've said today can reach one person from your podcast and it changes their life jobs done and if i get to hear about it then even better still and you can say great that is something really wonderful that we've accomplished today. You know, we're deepening a friendship that I hope will last for a number of years. Because um, sure. well, the reason I say a number of years is because of the age difference. I've only got a certain number of years and you're going to well outlive me. So I'm just saying it as a number of years. Fingers Unless crossed, brother. Science, fingers crossed. Well, we could be, we talked about Robin Williams, then. Um, Bicentennial Man. Yes. It was great movie. Great yes. movie. I think I'm going to have all my organs replaced with mechanical stuff, and I'm going to. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, it, it's it's what happens as a result of these things. That one piece of information that you pass on to someone, and they go, "That's a wake up moment." That's mm. that. Oh my god, I'd never thought of it that way, because that's what's happened to me many, many, many times in the past. We were talking about that book, T. Harvecker. All of a sudden, I'm 58 years old and being given permission to allow my children to buy me gifts. Whereas for 30 years, I've been denying them the love because of love. Paradoxical. <laughs> oh, yes. Life is quite the paradox. But yeah. I think what you just said there also brings to light. I think a lot of people think you stop growing at a certain point. You waited 30 years for that one insight. And who's to say yeah. you can't like make the most of that 
you know, say I learned something today and I die a week from now, but like for a week, I could live more inspired. I could live more connected. I could live more engaged. I can live more in line with and aligned with my values or whatever that is. Like, to me, that's worth it. It's not like, oh, but I wasted yeah. 30 years of my life. It's like, no, you just took you 30 years to learn that one lesson. That could be worth it. That could be worth oh. everything. Absolutely. That, that reminds me very much of one of my favorite movies, uh, The Last Samurai uh, yeah. with Tom Cruise. Yeah. And he gets captured um, and he gets brought to the one of the villages run by the liege lord, a guy called Katsumoto. Mm-hmm. And in his moments of meditation, Katsumoto is talking about finding, you, you could have a life well spent just finding the perfect cherry blossom. If you just did nothing with your life, but find the perfect cherry blossom, okay? Get to the end of the movie, Katsumoto dies. And as he's dying, just about to take his last breath, there are these cherry blossoms all falling around him. And he says something very moving, which says, they are all perfect. So he was saying at one point that you could spend your whole life looking for the perfect cherry blossom and you wouldn't have wasted your life. And then in that moment of his last breath, he came to realization, but why? Because they're all perfect. And that's what life is. You know, we go through it trying to look for nirvana, trying to look for, but every single day, you were born perfect. I was born perfect. You remember when the baby, when the, your parents were cooing over you, your aunts and uncles, if you had them or whatever, and they were just looking at this bundle of joy. You were perfect. Um, and life has a habit of chucking things at us and th- we start learning can't and can'ts and won'ts and don'ts and do's and it takes away from that perfection to a degree but we can change it we can think differently because right now you are still perfect you've got knobs and bits and pieces that are knocked off and scars and life scars or whatever but you're you're still that perfect individual caleb as are you my friend you are, I, do you know what? I'm going to find it very difficult to disagree with you. You are absolutely right. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing, baby? How you doing? We clearly like the same movies. Just for the record, <laughs> probably like once a year, I'll do a whatever. I don't know why. It always gives me a good cry. I'll do a marathon of like three to five uh, Robin Williams movies. So usually Patch Adams yep. is on there. Goodwill Hunting, Bicentennial oh, Man. Brilliant movie. Yeah. Uh, what else? Brilliant do I also movie. Man of the Year. I also like to watch too. That one's an interesting. Yeah, one. Man of the Year is good. But like, if that... ever I want a damn good cry, uh, it's The Color Purple. I've never seen The Color Purple. Oh, you should see The Color Purple. It's one with Whoopi Goldberg starring role, Danny Glover, and it's where I believe Oprah Winfrey. Do you call it Oprah? Or Oprah. 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 Yeah. Oh, uh, Oprah Winfrey. Um, I think she either won or was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, and it was her first acting role. Wow. But it's a, it's one of those movies, I, I get to the end of it and I cry. And you know we were talking about different types of tears? Well, I rewind to the bit where I started crying to encourage me to cry again because they're good tears. Wow. They're tears when she's re- I'm not going to spoil it for you. But okay. they are good, good tears. It's a, it's a really inspiring movie. But I, I, love, I love the movies. I love, um, especially the cinema experience. You know, we're lucky in these days, you know what I mean? We've got a, a what is it, a 50,000-inch TV. 
um, <laughs> with 84,000 speakers and Christ knows what else going on. But there's nothing like the cinema experience. Oh, nothing like going to the cinema and, and sitting down and listening to people rattle popcorn and telling them to shut up. <laughs> that just that hit a little close to home because Lexi and I, my wife, we just did a date night and saw the Batman as well. So you said you had gone and saw the Batman. We did that. Yeah. <laughs> people chewing their popcorn around me that would drove oh. me a little nuts one of my i won't call it guilty pleasures because i don't feel guilty for it anymore i love going to the movies by myself like alone yep and usually that means i can go see a matinee when nobody's in the theater especially nowadays like this past weekend was the first time i saw like a close to a full house in a while but like my favorite my the first time i ever did that do you know um limitless the bradley cooper movie yep yeah that was the Brilliant first time movie. i thought it was speaking to, it was like a spiritual experience for me i thought the movie yep. was speaking to me i was like this is wild here i am i had just come off like a breakup whatever i was single for the first time in my adult life and i'm like i feel like the world is my oyster here's limitless yeah. yeah and there was something so just like i'm just doing this i'm going to the theaters because i like going to the movies and I'm going by myself. Like I'm dating myself right now. And that yeah. was something that like, whenever I have the opportunity to, I love just going to the theater just because of the whole ambiance, the thing, it draws me in. It's, it's, and movies are made for the theater. They're not like made yeah. for streaming. It was made for an experience Look. to be shared. So yeah. yeah. Imagine for one minute, if somebody was to be able to give you the pill, they gave Bradley Cooper, convinced you it had the powers, but it was just a placebo. But just imagine unlocking your potential. Because that's what the movie was about. It was about the unlocking of potential. Yes, it was drug-induced. Mm -hmm. But there came a point where he had so much of it, he didn't even need it anymore. It was in his system. Mm -hmm. And to see beyond. Um, yeah. Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be fun? I mean, perhaps it's out there. And perhaps we're I, just not realizing we're already doing it anyway. It's just like, it's not, I get the feeling, even by you bringing that up, it's like things like hypnosis and like just learning how to tap into the subconscious. If you can instead flip it on its head and be like, what's that inner voice that's really happening? Because what yeah. I mean, all he really said in all of his stuff was like, I just feel hyper-focused and everything I needed to yep. do just became clear. Well, yep. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, when I hear with your hypnotherapy, it's like we're dialing down the, the auxiliary noise so that yep. you could just listen to the voice underneath it all. That's the yep. one that kind of knows what's going on. And do we need to heart rewire it? Do we need to like have a new yep. conversation? Or do you just need to listen to it and be like, go do that thing? Like yeah. the practice and the routine of that probably is no different than what we're talking about externally with him having a, you know, everybody's looking for the magic pill to solve all the problems. Like that's just not real. Yeah, but like, the silver bullet is not real. It's not yeah. Real. But you do, in your coaching, it's like uh, within MLMs, multi-level network marketing, the, again, this Todd Barrett guy, um, he said he encourages people to do what he calls a focused 15 minutes every mm -hmm. hour. Just do a focused 15 minutes, switch off your phone, don't switch the pings off your, get the goal that you want, the thing that you have to do that hour and just focus your entire energies your body everything on that and you'll achieve more in that focus for 15 minutes than you will for the rest of the hour no matter what hour you choose in 15 minutes and it is true 
thousand percent. And we are we are designed to focus. We're not designed to multitask. We, the, the, the thing about multitasking, um, ladies always say they can multitask. Well, nobody can multitask. They've proved it over and over again. Mm. What it is is that when you're brought back to the original task that you were doing, women get there in about four minutes. Men, it takes seven. So that's why it's assumed that men can't multitask. It's no, it's because we can't get back to the original focus as quickly as a woman can. Hmm. That's I what did not know. Have shown. I did not know that. That's, I knew that multitasking is like a myth. Like it is you're not you're not process you're not like consciously processing those two thoughts. And maybe you're bouncing back and forth. But what if you didn't bounce back and forth? What if you kept Actually, that stream of thought? Multitasking is like getting a cake and cutting it in. You've got three jobs to do, and you cut it into three bits. You can only so you're only giving a third of your attention to those three bits. That's mm -hmm. it. You can't give your entire attention. If you did your entire attention, that's where the magic's going to happen. You can't do it by splitting it. You'll get an average job done, but you won't get the job done that you really wanted to unless you concentrate 100% on it. He said. Which lends us to the question, the question of why? Why, why? did you divide it up? Hmm. Did you subconsciously want to not have it perfectly done or all the way done? We don't want, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I know. That's the wah, 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 wah. <laughs> it lends itself right back to the beginning of our conversation with that or middle of that conversation. It's like two things, two th two things I'm gonna leave you with that I say to my, my clients, okay. Um, as an adult, um Dr. Zeus wrote a book called Oh the Places You'll Go. Mm. I read it every week. Really? I used to read it to my children. I read it every single week because it reminds me that everything is possible. Mm. Um, and the other thing is, there's a, a film director, music director called Baz Luhrmann. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, I can't remember the name of the lady, Mary something or other. She was a reporter for the Chicago Tribune in 1996. She wrote a, an article, uh, basically it was like a monologue about her views on her life to date and he read it and asked if he could turn it use her words and put them to music and it was a, a record called you should wear sunscreen <laughs> um and honestly google it you should wear sunscreen uh i think it's you should or you only wear sunscreen um let me just see if i can get the correct title of it for you um yeah, sunscreen by baz lerman uh sunscreen song let's have a look yeah it's just called sunscreen by baz lerman um or wear sunscreen it is brilliant there are so many takeaways from it and mm. i listen to that once a week one of them is never read beauty books because they will only make you feel ugly hmm. ain't that the truth and the other one is look after your knees because you'll miss them when they're gone but honestly Read Dr. Zeus, Oh, the Places You'll Go, and Sunscreen by Baz Luhrmann. Life-changing affirmations within the pair of them. Mm. Paul, my friend, you brought a lot of joy to my day today, and I can't express enough gratitude to you. My final question, as we're wrapping up some more of our existential things, especially I'm going to check out Sunscreen, what is your purpose? Oh, Lord. Um, what is my purpose? Gosh. 
Okay. There are two things that I'm grateful for every single day. One, the last thing I see before I go to bed is my wife. And the first thing I wake up and see when I go, when I wake up is my wife. Um, we spend an awful lot of time laughing. Um, invariably, it's at one of our expense. <laughs> so, so, but we laugh a lot about each other and the things that we say and do that are weird throughout the day. I think, and this is going to sound really weird, but to bring joy. I don't know if that's weird, my friend. I don't. Yeah, I suppose it's. I, I think I think that's a very British thing. It's a self-deprecating thing. Like you, you, you don't want to say it because it makes it sound like you're big-headed. Um, I love making people laugh or putting them in scenarios where they feel able to laugh. Mm. And when when somebody leaves my therapy room, um, I do a little bit of a war dance because. <laughs> We've worked together, and this is the most important thing to get from the hypnotherapy, NLP, whatever the therapy you have, that I work with my clients. Because if you consider this, there are 10,000 minutes in a week. Mm. If you're lucky, with health in mind, you're asleep for about a third of them. Mm. So you've got about 6,600 minutes in each and every week where you're either working or playing or a mixture of the two. You have a 60-minute, a 90-minute, a 120-minute session with me. The disparity between those two numbers is huge. So the point I'm making is, although you're working with me, your part in the process is equally as important because you're with me for 60 minutes. You've got your own self to be with for 6,140 minutes or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So that's why I say it's a partnership with my clients. And nobody ever, ever leaves me without a smile. I love that. And they might have been through some harrowing, um, not harrowing is maybe too strong a word, but they might have visited with help some places that have helped them move on to let go of those emotions, but they never leave without a smile. And invariably, um, they leave with a smile and a hug. Because I don't hug my clients in a therapy session, but at the end of the therapy session, I'm known for it. They go, Paul, can we have one of your hugs? Go, yeah, bring it on. Come on, let's have a hug. Let's get the oxytocin flowing. It's brilliant. Yeah. But to bring bring that, it's, you know, I've been a mortgage broker. I own way more money, doing work, way more money. But seeing people walk out lighter than when they came in with their chefs passed out more than they were. Um, you get people where they're, you know, they're confident, but their self-esteem is lower than a snake's belly. And then all of a sudden, you've got them standing in front of a mirror saying, I love you, talking to themselves. How magical is that? You can't put a price on it, Caleb. You cannot put a price on it. I love that little anecdote you said that people always walk out with a smile on their face. And why I think that's powerful is because, especially as you illuminated that you believe your purpose to be to bring joy, yeah, inevitably means you enter each session with that intention in mind. Yeah, so to, to close it out that way, like that, like it sets the space for somebody to be able to move closer towards that smile on their face, to feel lighter, it's, to feel love, to be a, embraced in a, a hug that they just needed. You know, it's not creepy. It's like, wow, I just need a hug. We're, we're yeah. like embracing that inner child, that, that joie de vie, like that piece of us 
the fact that you have that there, like that was, I loved that exploration of that thought. I really thought that was. It's, it, well, it brings me joy. Um, and that might be selfish, uh, but it brings me joy knowing that I can in some small way bring joy into someone else's life um, and help them move on. Uh, somebody, when I do the networking, where, where the name is, you've got Caleb and I got people are quite often put there, um, Paul Hill, the baggage handler. Yeah. And um, in 2020, there was a film called The Aeronauts. And it was about the history of um, hot air ballooning. Mm. And you've got the heroine and the hero, and they're in this hot air balloon. Um, and there's a storm going on and they can't descend because it's mountainous terrain and there's fog and they can't see where they're going. So the only way is to go up, but they can't go up any higher because they haven't got any more fuel left to cause the plane to rise higher. So the only way they can go up is to get rid of the extraneous baggage in the, in the, in the basket. So they get rid of everything that they don't need and they're chucking out all sorts of stuff and slowly but surely they rise out of the clouds. And my clients too said to me, you're like that, Paul. Because you've helped us get rid of all the baggage holding us in the clouds of depression, fear, phobias, self-esteem issues, whatever. And we can now rise out of those clouds and see the sunshine. Now, when people say that to you, how can you not feel joyful? I think it's impossible. It's like you trying to say, what was it before? Smile and try to say stupid at the same time. Like, yeah, impossible. You can't. you can't do it. You can't. You can't. It's, um, it's, 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 it's lovely. It's, um, it's that color purple moment where you just want to cry. Um, that's kind of tears of absolute joy. Oh, mate, without a shadow of doubt, I have cried many painful tears over the years, but I've cried way, way more tears of joy. Man. And in this day and age, perhaps we need to embrace that a little more. Absolutely. It. Absolutely. It, it, it is. You know, I, some of my clients, have, they come and the, the stories they tell, you know, the, 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 the propensity or the ability of one human to be so cruel to another never ceases to ab abhor me. But here's the thing. Yeah, you can let go of that past and you can change the emotions and you can Move forward. I'm not saying hypnotherapy is a be all and end all. I don't knock other people's therapy, CBT, NLP, anything. Yeah, I, I just happen to be good with the therapies that I use. Um, but here's the thing. Now, that took a long time for me to be able to say, mm. I'm good at what I do. Wow. That's awesome. Mm. And that's only been in the last three or four years where I thought, no, I'm good. I'm good at what I do. I love that we just shared that moment alone. I think because yeah, that was that was weird. <laughs> I, I, you paused. That's why I'm bringing it up a little bit more. It's like, is it okay? I think there's this guilt. You you know you brought up vanity earlier. Similar idea. This guilt yeah. around appreciating the good things that we do have, or the skill yeah. set that we developed, or the whatever it is. Is it cocky, or is it confident, or is it just what it is? Like. Everybody's yeah. going to take that slightly differently, but you brought up a great thing before somebody goes spray paints, all nasty things inside your house. It's you who decides to listen to it. What do you yeah, think absolutely. about your own skill set? What do you think about your yeah. capacity? What do you think about the person staring back in the mirror at you? That yeah. um, I'm glad we got to share that together. 
No, it's it, it's good, it's, and it's about the language. It's like um, people say to me, "How much do you, how much do you charge per session? What's the cost?" I said, "It doesn't cost you anything, but you're going to have to pay some money to invest." Hmm. Very different perception. Because you're not you're not investing in me. You're investing in yourself. You know, you go to my Facebook reviews. Go and have a look. You can see what you can see from the lovely things people have said. Do you choose to invest? And I think that goes one step further. People can think they're going to throw money at a problem, but not be internally invested in it. Especially when it comes to Absolutely. like things of like hypnotherapy, or whatever. A lot of times, it's like they talk about. There's a book you might find interesting. It's called Conscious Coaching, written by a guy named Brett Bartholomew, strength coach. The idea is transcends just strength coaching, fitness field. It's the idea of building buy-in, and that's why I brought back like I love that you lead with dad jokes because me personally yeah. that increases my buy-in to you as a human because to show yeah. up in that space like you had talked about before it's not just you working on me it's not just the brain working on the body it's not the body work on the brain it's both arriving and committed much like a marriage like it's not going to be one person or the other that's going to make the marriage work both parties have to be engaged and the buy-in throwing money at a thing is like trying to just it's the same idea, just trying to lose the weight but not change the way you think about things, as yeah. opposed to I'm going to invest both in money because I'm committed to this and I want to invest in the person who's supporting me in this journey, but I'm also investing of myself. I'm giving myself over to this process to say, I'm ready to heal. I'm ready mm. to change. I'm ready to forgive. I'm ready to let go, whatever the thing is. Yep. So when they see it all the time when people talk about bedside manner with doctors and whatnot it's like they change that and patch adams had a lot to do with that it's like if they don't if a if a patient client whatever does not feel comfortable and or safe with you probably not gonna work yeah it just won't without a shadow of a doubt without a shadow i'm i'm 18 stone i don't know what that is in kilos but it's it's, it's big um how much is that and in pounds? And we talk pounds over here in the u.s so i have no pounds, idea so Right. Okay. Uh, so let's see. Uh, Eighteen uh, times. That's fourteen pounds on a stone. I'm two hundred and fifty pounds, mm. but I'm only five foot ten. Mm. So I'm a bit of a lump, and people won't have seen it, but I'm quite heavily tattooed. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, I didn't even notice that till right now. Nope. Eighty-five percent of my clients are women. Mm. Okay, because they invest and they see it, and it's because I one of the one of the things you'll see in the um, in the reviews. There's that you say, I just feel safe with Paul. I feel mm. safe. Seeing me walking down the road towards you, you might not be thinking that <laughs> way. <laughs> but, but, but in the therapy room, it's it's just the way it is. People, people need to feel safe. They need to feel, but the, I can't emphasize enough how much a client's involvement in the therapy is paramount there's a therapy called um blast that i use for ptsd and i get people to focus on the pen and just move the pen from side to side and i say to them this isn't a wand and i'm not harry potter yeah. uh it, it's it can have magical consequences but you need to be invested in this it's not like a placebo effect like uh, psychosomatic if you believe it's going to work it's not that's not what i'm saying but you need to know that your part is equally as important as my part it is a partnership. And that's when we get the partnership. And that's why a lot of my clients weirdly become 
become friends in one way or another. Um, and that's happened throughout my my. So I went to a wedding um, at the weekend with my wife. And the person that I went to was uh, a guy that I did a mortgage for. This is how we met. I did a mortgage for him 25 years ago. And because of my attitude towards him when I was getting the mortgage for him, we started emailing, blah, blah. And then we, we've done it ever since. And he invited me to his wedding. Wow. I, I was just a mortgage broker. Well, not just. I was Paul Hill, the mortgage broker. So that's a huge difference. <laughs> ah. you've, got, you've got the mortgage brokers and then you've got Paul Hill, the mortgage broker. <laughs> <laughs> you're speaking to this important part about especially if i bring it to a business sense like everybody's trying to fit into this cookie cutter black and white narrative of like button up or whatever like what is that but like you get caught up in the noise because everybody who is not secure at who they are tries to do the same thing because you're trying to fit some mold as opposed yeah. to like who are you like that's yeah. the only way to stick out in the crowd. And especially, you know, I'd be curious if you hear differently, if they feel otherwise, but like I am blown away by how many people are so like cripplingly lonely in this world. And it's because of that, it's like you're, you're lonely in a crowd in a time and place in history where you've never had more ability to go start a conversation with anybody literally anywhere in the world. Yep. It's, it's that it's like being willing to understand yourself and having a conversation within yourself. And then once you do that, like you'll find plenty of people, like we didn't know each other three weeks ago. Here we are having a conversation about everything yeah. in the moon and, you know, joking about this and that, and the other, like, just cause like, again, what we're talking about, like when you go inward, you start to find this other, like you start to appreciate these aspects of yourself in others and it warms it up and it welcomes it in. And you know, people can talk about manifesting or whatever, but it's like, you can, it's more about like, you can see beautiful pieces in yourself and others. And there can be this mutual yeah. appreciation. You can allow that into your life and you can allow more safety and security wherever you go. Like you'd said, you know, 85% of your, your clientele is female. Yeah. They feel safe. Yeah. There's, an, there's energy. Yeah. There's a confidence. There's an yeah. understanding that this is a safe space. So yeah. Yeah. Here's, a, here's, a, here's, a, here's another statistic. Um, for my weight loss clients, um, I'm 100% successful. 80% lose weight. And people go, hang on a minute. You're 100% successful, but 80% lose weight. I said, yeah, because for me, it's 100% successful because the 20% that don't lose weight is because they find acceptance for who they are. Because part of my weight loss journey with my clients is why 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 what is it you're looking for is it are you losing and this is learning so why is okay why is it that you want to are you doing it for society are you doing it for your husband are you doing it for your kids are you doing it for medical you're doing what is it you're doing for and then you, you i had one lady that i dealt with many years ago um hers was self-esteem and she wanted to lose some weight and um she didn't lose the, the weight, but what she ended up doing was working in the beauty industry. Mm. Wow. Because she, she found love for herself. And that love, went, it, it, it was pouring out of her. Wow. So people then saw the love. They didn't see her. They saw this vivacious, lovely, bubbly person. That's beautiful. 
I think everybody could use a little more self-love like that. I oh, really do. Without a shadow, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I say, I probably say, I don't know if I've said this during this interview, but I, I'll say it to any, any of your clients out there who are feeling down about the way they perceive themselves. On my wedding day to my lovely wife, Amanda, I said to her, if there's one gift that I can give you, it's to see yourself for 24 hours the way I see you. So I'm going to allow you to borrow my eyeballs for 24 hours whenever you need them. So any of your people watching this or listening to it, have a down on themselves. I think you're beautiful. So whenever you're having that moment, remember I said you can borrow my eyeballs whenever you like and look at yourself through my eyeballs of beauty until you start to learn it yourself. Not for nothing. That's part of the premise of Naked Sunday. So that was the actual habit that I had with my wife. So the fact you brought that up, that, that touches me very close to, to my heart. And that's from personal experience, it's a very profound gift to be able to do something like that. So that's really, I think, I think everybody's beautiful, my friend. It's um, agreed. Yeah. It's, it is just the, the, the I've got a, a, a memorial tattoo on my, on my arm here. Mm -hmm. Um, for a guy that I met through one of my partners it was my my, my ex-wife's girlfriend's husband and when we first met we didn't like each other hmm. we just we were both big larger than life characters and then I don't know how it happened but we developed this friendship and sadly he died in my arms on his 40th birthday he had a pulmonary embolism and not a day goes by that I don't remember Ian but it was one of those things where you don't know where life is going to take you. And, you know, my attitude was, oh, I don't like you. And he didn't like me. But I decided, no, I'm going to explore this a little bit further because that's not like me to be that way. And then you find this. And he was, uh, uh, we were entirely the same and entirely different. And he was just my best friend. And it was a very, very, very sad day when he passed away. I was so grateful that I was, for whatever reasons, the, the one that was with him when he died. Hmm. Um, but it's you know life chucks your curveballs and it's just taking them as a lesson and see where we can go and how we can move forward and yeah stuff like that I got a lot oh, of love go ahead on a, on, a, on a lighter note every time I sign off I've signed off with you and you see I say love and respect yeah. It's like my sign-off line for everybody, emails, whatever I happen to do. But to prove the point that I do live the love and respect thing, it's not just a thing. Um, you can see love and respect. Oh, yeah. All in. If you're going to do it, do it big. You might as well. And, I, and I've got an awful lot of body to do it big on. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, I love you, man. You have really... <laughs> man... I got a lot. I feel like there's a lot of love and joy in my heart right now. So for Good. what it's worth, my friend, you've, you've fully lived out your purpose within this, this Fantastic. really right, lovely interview. Right. But actually, right. But actually, I was so looking forward to this. I thought about it over the whole weekend. Well, from the moment you said, I'd like you to be on my podcast, it was like, Oh my God. And that was, you know, it's, you know, it's really weird. That was validation for me wow. when you said, yeah, because all of us have these self-doubts that you, even me in the in the in the in the in the, the world that I inhabit helping people like this we all have I, I've got a hypnotherapist that I see 
Mm. and an NLP practitioner because I know that I also need external influences in my life at times to help me move forward. So people are amazed. They say, well, you need it, Paul. I go, yes, I'm living proof this stuff works. It's a lifestyle change. It's not just about go and see a hypnotherapist, change the way you think, and that's it. No, this is a journey. Um, and it's one I'm enjoying every single day. Wow. And meeting people like you just enhances it. I mean, right, I'm 58. To all intents and purposes, I've got my circle of friends. That's fair to say, isn't it? I built them up. Over, but in the last 10 years, I've met more people that I've become bound to, Kelly being one of them with a lovely partner, James, that I never thought was going to happen because I'd assumed 58, you've got your, your group. No, my group's expanding all the time. And some yeah. people are falling by the wayside, but that's just natural progression. You know, going back to Jim Rohn, the average of the five people you spend most time with. Yeah. You can tell when I'm getting excited about it because my voice goes up a level oh, yeah. and I get animated. <laughs> you, 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 you'll notice I've got a deep voice for hypnotherapy, but apparently a great face for radio. Um, <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, you win at the self-deprecating jokes. You really do. Mate, you, 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 you see, this is, this is where yin and yang. You've got the face for TV. I've got the face for radio. This is how it works. Hey, it's all about balance, right? And harmony. Harmony is what yes. it's for. <laughs> yes. But you don't, get, you don't get news anchors on radio programs, do you? Uh, you, get the, you get the news anchors on the TV. They're the ones sitting there doing the smiley bit like you do. You're never going to get a news anchor on radio. It doesn't work. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe the tides are turning. Who knows? One day. Maybe we do somebody got, listening is going to do that. They're going to take it on board. We got to get you hosting your own podcast. I think you'd be a phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal I, think, I, think you're, I, I think you're absolutely right. Here's, a, here's the thing that I was talking to somebody the other day. We were talking about the way people think poorly about themselves. You know, you've got Americans got talent, the X Factor, mm -hmm. that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And you've got somebody that's performed to the best of their ability. And the audience has gone absolutely nuts. And the judges have all stood up and they're clapping and they say the most wonderful things about this person saying it's the best audition they've ever seen bar none. Mm. And then they all sit down and then that person who has had 3000 people cheering them on had well-respected industry judges applauding them saying wonderful things about them. They still stand there nervously awaiting the four ticks. Mm. Isn't that strange that even that you've had the adulation, you still can't take it on board. You still can't accept the love. You've got to wait. And then every time there's a tick, like, ah, 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 ah. why is that? Surely it should be a foregone conclusion. I've got it. But even then our negativity runs towards it. This can't possibly be happening for me. I'm not worthwhile. I'm not worthy. Wow. That, How sad is that? I never considered that. But that is quite a symbolic moment, what you just brought to light there of like, yeah, if that's not, if that's not the ultimate example of that right there, I don't know what is. We're waiting for other people's validation or acceptance to Absolutely. Be, like, be me. And everything up until that moment has led towards them saying how bloody marvelous you are, yet there's still that, I can't accept it. I, 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 can't, I can't possibly until I've got all those ticks in the line. Sad. Paul, you know, there's only one thing better. That, 
than your, your your radio interview, the fact that the, the, the viewers and listeners can't see that one of my lovely dogs is nudging me, going, isn't it about time you fed us? <laughs> <laughs> Mine's going to get to the same thing. I don't know if you picked up on it, but he was snoring like a champion. Not like, and you were talking about what some like, he? He- heavy stuff. At a, and then he talked about sleeping too at one point. I'm like, he's snoring so loud right now just like and it you know sometimes dogs will start to like have their dreams and they'll start woofing and whatever yeah he was doing that right there and i'm like having a laugh the entire time with it while i'm listening to your stuff oh my god it was it was like the universe speaking to me in many ways what dog have you got he's a purebred shih tzu a shih tzu right okay so i have got let's have a look this is not that i'm uh, proud of my dogs let me go okay so here we go so this is Juno. She's what's called a splurcher. So her father was a Springer Spaniel and her mother was a Black Lurcher. So she looks more like a Spaniel. Yeah. 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 Then you've got Luna, who is a sister from the same litter. <laughs> I couldn't see it until you moved your same, head. That's great. Same coloring, but she is more Lurcher like. And then you've got Lucy, the neurotic Staffy. Oh my God. They just have like that, that just like dad i'm ready to eat look on their eyes yeah it's just it's 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 my, my wife calls them her fur babies um, yeah and and they they are exactly that they are just and they're joyful but an absolute bloody nightmare as well you've taken you me out of, you've taken me on a visual journey from outer space to the fur oh, babies space and there's, there's this one this is the i use this for, when we're talking about hypnotherapy then there's my oh, rainbow man. hypnotherapy that one hits. Or, oh, God. Or, no. One of the friends <laughs> of the nightmares. Who, she loves Tom Hardy. She loves oh, yeah. Tom Hardy. So as you can see, um, Tom Hardy and I are brothers from a different mother. <laughs> we are. It's, I know you're finding it difficult to focus on which one is which. Well, let me have that one's Tom and this one's me. There you go. I just wanted to make sure you got it right. The resemblance is uncanny. It really is. It is absolutely uncanny. I trained him for that movie Warrior. Got him ready. Got that that yeah, hypnotherapy I, locked in. Yeah, absolutely. I was a little flat broke in the corner eating donuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Paul, my friend, I have deeply enjoyed our time together today. I think we're gonna. I'm gonna it's see you probably in a couple of days. Um, if somebody's listening right now, they're like, this guy, he's got what I need. And I want some of that joy <laughs> in his purpose. I want to work on my stuff. I'm ready to invest in calming that inner voice, coming to terms with that inner voice, finding some more joy, some more love, self-love. What's the best way for somebody to connect with you? So the best way is, I, I guess, um, to... Um, email me uh go on to my website don't judge me by the website it's a work in progress i promise you it's a work in progress um so we do put the links in caleb yeah. for your listeners whatever yeah so I'll there's that look, look me up on linkedin uh, my company's everyday hypnotherapy there is an everyday hypnotherapy in the states but if you put into facebook everyday hypnotherapy with paul mm. then it'll bring up my stuff and have a look at it. the thing about the reviews that i get is they're very few and far between because obviously what I deal with is quite emotional for people. So when I get a review, it's fantastic to have it. And I'm ever, ever so grateful. But for the reviews, you know, they say that an iceberg is the top 10% you see. Well, for reviews for hypnotherapists, it's the top 1%. Mm. 
because it's people, especially in the UK, I don't want to like in the States, but mm. we don't like sharing about therapy. Don't use the word therapy. Yeah. They don't like it. Uh, but yeah, uh, if people want Zoom calls, WhatsApp calls, what I do works on Zoom. Um, but I'm more than happy if someone wants to pay for a flight over, we could get a group <laughs> session going. <laughs> there we go. Take a little trip over the pond, come hang out over here. Uh, absolutely. We could do that. No, but a lot of the stuff can be done on Zoom. It's um, it's one of those things that if it hadn't been for for this period of time with this craziness with regard to COVID, I wouldn't have entertained Zoom because I'm very in your face. But because of the nature of the beast, you have to pivot. You know, we use that term. I hate it, but we had to pivot. Um, and I found that the, the results were, for certain of the therapies, equally as good, sometimes a little bit more focused because of the nature of the, the medium that we're having, having to do it on. Oh, wow. Never but, it, but, it, but, it, but it works. It works. Wow. Um, and it's all about the language. Um, you know, so people that talk about strengths and weaknesses, not weaknesses out of the ballpark, it's strengths and gaps. Hmm. You've got your strengths, work on those. There are gaps in what you do. So either improve your gap with training or GSI, get someone in. Hmm. So for instance, Caleb's a coach. You have issues that you need to deal with. You can either spend thousands trying to retrain yourself to do something, or you concentrate on your strengths and get someone to help you with your gap. And then that's where you go see Caleb. I like the way you think, my friend. We're all going to get better together. It's all about sharing the love. Absolutely. There's a song in there somewhere. I don't know what it is, but I can feel a song coming on. Maybe we'll write a Hymns tune up. together. That might be, that That's might be our, it. our joint hypnotherapy song. That could be really that fun. Could, can you imagine doing a hypno song and hypnotizing people within the hypno song? Imagine I think we've got to start thinking about that straight people. away. People, yes. I don't, I, but, uh, but here's the thing we can't do, the singing bit. We need to get no. someone in. Yeah. You know, strengths and gaps. That that that's a definite gap, mate. Gap to gap. Yeah. Get, get it. someone in. Yeah, I can feel I can feel Adele coming on. <laughs> Here we go. Any parting words of wisdom, my friend, before we uh, we wrap this one up? Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> The or a dad, or a dad came, joke. <laughs> the only thing that came into my head was don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that might be the best ending to any episode ever. I said maybe go with a dad joke, but that's, that's more like dad wisdom. So... I think the th right okay whatever your problem is the answer is within you just maybe can't see it because like the light at the end of the tunnel it's round the corner maybe somebody like me somebody like Caleb another third my my you know if as a result of this somebody from across the pond said yeah I really need to interact with that guy that'd be great because this is how I earn my living from being a hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner but if somebody across the pond went and as a result of this went to get help job done go job done the, go get the help you need go get the help you need i love it there's a title go get the help that you need <laughs> definitely a jingle right there <laughs> there's any like oh online dog looking at me look, look can you see the, 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 look, 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 look there's a head there's a head in the corner oh my Let's god that's around. adorable
I love it. Luna, I say love. hello. Has she got a ba- Oh, come on. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bless her. I'll feed you in a minute. Oh, man. When it's food time, they all come. Oh, home. mate. And we've got, so we've got three dogs and five cats. Oh, that's a lot of, that's a lot of beings. A lot of little mouths to oh. feed there. A lot of you little know, be- beady, eye, beady eyes looking at you like, come on now. Come on, Dad. And as I said to you, my, my wife treats them as her fur babies. So guess where I am on the list when it comes Eighth. to food? Yeah, I'm, I'm down, down here. Yeah, it's like, I've fed the dogs. Have you fed the, come on, me. What about me? Uh, get the dogs fed first and the cats. And then I might deal with you later if I'm lucky. <laughs> get the scrapings out of the dog bowl. Life is a hypnotherapist, Caleb. It's not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, you're not going to be able to wipe the smile off my face for the rest of the day, man. Thank you for you've been tra- You've been trying to end this interview for the last 15 minutes. You know I'm gonna, what? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, okay with it. Right. I'm okay with it. I loved everything about it. You see this? Look, 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 look. You see that paw? That paw. Oh going, look, enough. Where's my food? That reson- That's going to resonate with so many people listening right now. Like, dad, mom. Absolutely. All um, uh, the other thing they'll be going, oh, he's, he's a hypnotherapist. But now we know he's a dog lover. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're going to have to hypnotize the dogs. That might be wild. Oh. That'll Do be you know that- what the really strange thing. The strange thing is when I, um, so quite often I will go to people's homes because the one thing I've, well, two things I've never understood about the mental health space is that if you've got somebody suffering from anxiety or feelings of anxiety, you expect them to get into their car, drive to somewhere they've never been before, to meet someone they've not met before, and then for me to welcome them into my home and say, sit down and relax. Mm-hmm. So I quite often go to visit people in their, in their homes. And the other thing is, a lot of hypnotherapists and NLP practitioners, they will put their hours of business. Well, I haven't got hours of business because mental health doesn't have hours of business. Mm. It happens. So deal with it when it happens because I'm also a mental health first aider. Do you know what? Every now and again, I get a bit serious. You've got to watch me for it. It mm. doesn't happen often, but that little <laughs> bit was serious. I'm going to have to snap out of this serious rush. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, so that's it. So yeah, they are. Lesson. Oh, and um, you might have noticed every now and again that you see uh, this is to the people watching you, you can see gaps at the top that i was saying to caleb that this best investment i ever had so this is a green screen that fits to the back of your chair so if i go into my background thing and go none it's a green screen that fits to the back of your chair oh that is pretty genius so you know those um you know where you, you you take your kids to the beach and you've got like a a sunscreen tent that pops out and then you fold it up yeah well that's exactly what this is um where's my i can't find the bag where's the bag oh this is my bag that my green screen fits in but if i was to pull my green screen down i said to caleb you don't want to see my kitchen at the moment it's a mess there you go that's the kitchen look at that that needs to be the screenshot for the promo of this podcast right there. <laughs> it looks like you're strangling yourself with your, your green screen. It's the only blanket I've got. We're poor. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's why it, occasionally you'll see it flop down a bit in the corners like that. Oh, good. It's attached to the back of my chair. It gives it vibrancy. It gives it energy. It does. It's not it a make, static. It makes it real. It makes it, it real. Does. It's Naked Sunday, damn it. It's supposed to be real. But we got to be real yes. together, really? you know? Where did you come up with Naked Sunday, by the way? I haven't told you this. All right. Well, no. here, here we go. 
So Naked Sunday is an actual practice that I did to help me lose about 40-ish pounds of weight. So every Sunday, I sat butt naked with myself, and then I encouraged my wife to do it with me. And much like you're talking about, when I would just sit there, now it's, it's, hope, it's important that people understand the contrast. At another point in my life, I had once sold a membership butt naked while sitting in a hot tub. Here, fast forward X amount of years later, heaviest I've ever been. I still owned a gym at the time. Felt very insecure within myself, serious body image issues, whatever. Here I was, stripped down. This is, there's more to it, but I'll jump ahead a little bit. And sitting there with just my thoughts, and I never realized how nasty I was to myself. I dealt with the, the extreme levels of perfectionism, whatever that means, that I have held myself to. I was never really honest with just like what I really, really wanted for myself, what really made me happy, what made me feel loved, what made me feel connected. And I would just sit there in this darkness of like, oh, you're just a piece of shit. You look like this. You suck like that. You're not a good leader. You're a bad this. You're bad that. And all of a sudden, I don't know what snapped, but I looked over at my wife and I was like, well, your wife is still here with you. She finds value in you. Hmm. Why does she love you? And I went down that list. Oh, she loves me for this, that, and the other thing. I thought about my friends. Why do my friends love me? They're still around me for some reason. It's not because I can... You know, make X amount of money or because I can, you know, bench press this or have six back abs or whatever the thing is. And in that moment, as we talked about taking a step back, it took the anger, nastiness, hatred, whatever it was, self-loathing more or less, and brought it down just enough to then objectively look at, well, what were the things that I was doing beforehand? I took a look at the past, the week before me. I'm like, so on Tuesday, you're stressed out of your mind. You felt this, that, and the other thing. So you crushed a sleeve of Oreos. Hmm. What could you do next time? And it was that mm. this compassionate objectivity that the process of Naked Sunday of exploring why, one, why do I love myself? Two, why do I love my wife? And why does she love me? And bringing that whole thing together. And a lot of that mm. led to the questions around who's holding your hand on your deathbed. Well, if it's my wife, well, what is, what is it about my wife? What is my wife the mirror of? She made me feel safe enough to just be myself, whatever that was, and explore. And she gets, she basically has the rough draft of everything in my life. I'm like, here's my thought. Blah. Here's how I say it the right way, the wrong way, the whatever. Anyway, so that's what Naked, Naked Sunday is literally just an exercise of learning how to love yourself. That's it. All in one. And then subsequently learning how to deepen the relationship and love within your 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 marriage hopefully well that very much ties in with the gift we spoke about earlier that i said about looking at the world through somebody else's eyes why does my wife love me right mm -hmm. let's borrow her eyeballs for a minute and let's look what she sees that i can't currently see and that's the magic it's what that belief that's mm -hmm. what you're getting for so all, all these things these analogies they do tie in in one way or another there's nothing new in this world you know it's uh it's just a different way of maybe saying it you yeah. know like fashion Fla flares were in the in the 60s they came back in they'll be in again in 10 years time they'll be nothing is new it's just a different way of looking at things one thing i, I will say because it's popping into my head for people that are listening to this and uh, we, we talked about trauma um please don't think that with me you have to go through what it is that's gone on in your life to cause you trauma. Mm -hmm. The therapies that I use, 
quite often I don't even need to know what it is. Mm. I just need to know where you feel it in your body when you feel it. Mm. We give it a color, we give it a shape, and that's what I deal with. I don't need to know. So you don't need, if you're suffering from PTSD, where the T stands for whatever trauma you've suffered, if it is PTSD, you're suffering that trauma 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times a day. The last thing you need is for a therapist to go, well, now talk to me about it. I don't need to know. I just need to know that you're suffering. And then we can work with it that way. I do not need to know what's caused you the suffering. That's actually very insightful. That's two serious moments you got out of me. Let's not get too crazy here, Bill. Let's not get too crazy. (laughs) Too much serious. We got to shut it off now. We can't deal with this nonsense. Do you want to see my magic trick? Please do. Please show right. me. Everybody, you can see nothing up my sleeves. Okay, ready? You've got to watch carefully. Ready? Now, that was incredible. I can do it in reverse. Ready? <laughs> How amazing is that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really poor form to laugh at your own jokes, but that one tickles me and i've been doing that for 10 or 15 years <laughs> of all the things i thought this was going to be today i didn't think we were going to do <laughs> that was like physical form dad jokes right there i loved everything about it man oh my god uh, mate, i love physical I, I love the physical humor guys when i was a kid i used to i was a, i was a bit of a poorly child I had hay fever in the summer, bronchitis in the winter. So I used to look, watch a lot of TV. And it was it was um, stuff that used to make me smile with a visual humor from um, the days of silent movies and stuff where they couldn't speak. But you just had to see people, like watching people like Buster Keaton. He just has to stand there and just make his face move and it makes me laugh. Robin Williams is the same. You don't have to watch Robin Williams speak to just laugh at what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a Scottish comic, well, he's, he's, he, I think he's more American than he is Scottish now, but Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly is another guy like that. Amazing. My heroes. I'm so glad that one of the heroes is, is, is a mutual hero because I think Robin Williams is, was, but still is in, in the fact that he's left such a, a legacy of TV programs and movies, uh, a real, real comedy people genius. 1000 percent he he was a true genius and a lot of gifts that just keep on giving so yeah here we are we've shared a beautiful couple hours maybe even a little more at this point i don't even know how long we've been talking i love your company two two and a half hours it went by in the blink of an eye here we are it did it did i'm amazed my flabber Um, has never been sagasted i've never i was not surprised that we actually spent this much time together i was looking forward to it very much so good um good i'm glad i'm glad you enjoyed it because um if you've enjoyed it as much as i've done then it will be like it almost sounds like there's a bromance going on here ladies and gentlemen it's not we didn't plan this it's just one of those things that happens it a bromance it's true and true to the it heart is. to the core it is i feel this love emanating literally there's like a bond across the 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 sea my yeah. my paul I promise, I promise over you, the at ocean. some point i will be coming over I will be coming over to to see you yes. just to say hi because it's for um, sure those 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 are important things. We will share a great meal together. We'll have a beverage. Yep. We'll just talk about the meaning yes. of life and you know the moon and the stars and everything yep. in between. 
and I will. Yeah. Uh, I really look forward to that day, my friend. But um, yeah, I was a little bit concerned that you said a beverage, a couple beverages. Oh ha ha ha! Music to my ears. A specialty cocktail or two, you know. We'll, oh, we'll see where it God. goes. Yes. Let's, yes, let's let's break out the margaritas. Oh, we right. got a, we got a great spot for that. So, to that effect, everybody who's listening, I will be putting all the the links and contact information for Paul in the show notes. So please go check that out. Go follow him. Go friend him. Go give him fist bumps and high fives. Go use his services. Go get the healing that you need. Paul, I can't say enough great things about you, my friend. The bromance is real. The love is real. I cannot wait for the day until we share a beverage and a meal together and talk about that'd be fantastic Caleb that'd be absolutely fantastic and I know Kelly feels the same way and you know just after one conversation it's um you can't fake this you know it just well I suppose there are people that are damn sight cleverer than me who who can fake it but you know this is the real deal as they say in your separate your neck of the woods the real deal deal. I don't got the energy to fake it it's too exhausting no it's not time and effort yeah, it's boring. It doesn't take, and plus it's just more fun to just enjoy each other's company. I mean, shit, why not? So, that's yeah, how I, that's how I think about it. So, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Look, an absolute privilege for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, my friend, thank you for being an amazing, brilliant guest. And oh, thank, thank you for inviting, inviting me, Caleb. It has been it has been a real joy, and the fact that the time has gone so so very quickly that just proves to me um, it's like a, a the best hypnotherapy session when a client comes out of a trance and they think they've been in that trance for ten minutes and they look at the clock and an hour's gone by. That's what today has felt like. The feeling is mutual, my friend. The feeling is mutual, and here's just one of many. So brilliant. Thank you for being you. Thank you you everybody listening for joining us on this little journey. And until next time, I remind you to love every body.